Berg. One of my buddies met me at Roland's one time, and he had this leather jacket that he loved, and I don't remember what. We were just, we were crushed, and he lived way out in, like, Cannonsburg or something. So, at the end of the night, he's like, where's my jacket? Where's my jacket? Somebody stole my friggin' jacket. Dude, look! They took my jacket and left me this pleather one. They grabbed the wrong jacket. There's this fake leather one here. He's just freaking out. I go home. The next morning, my buddy who worked there goes, hey, dude, um, your buddy's jacket was like three bar stools down. I picked it up. No. He took that other guy's jacket. And so that guy was like, hey, where's my jacket? And I explained to him that your friend had it and I would find it for him. So you got to get that guy's jacket back for me. So, so I call my friend who was freaking out because he thought he had his jacket stolen. I go, hey, dude, you got to bring that pleather jacket back. Your jacket's actually still down at Roland's, and that guy wants his jacket back. And he goes, uh-oh. No. I go, what do you mean, uh-oh? And he goes, I kind of freaked out a little bit on the ride home, and I threw it on a 79. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We're loving. It's 63 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A New Mexico judge is allowing bond for five adults accused of child abuse at a compound allegedly used to train kids to carry out school shootings. The judge in Taos County or Taos County rejected a notion, a motion to hold the five defendants. He set a $20,000 bond for each of them. If they agree to be on house arrest and GPS monitoring, prosecutors revealed more details about the death of a three-year-old boy at that compound. They claim the boy died during a religious ceremony meant to rid the toddler's body of demonic spirits. Eleven other kids rescued at the compound earlier this month were reportedly told the toddler was going to be resuscitated as Jesus. A big beaver man is now charged with exposing himself to a group of swimmers at Buttermilk Falls County Park last month. Stephen Bitko was charged after the incident July 18th when he was spotted in the bushes watching four women swimming. State police picked up the 27-year-old on a bike a short while later and say he was very intoxicated. A puppy will be joining the New York Rangers hockey team for a full year to learn some special skills. He's going to need to become a professional service dog for a child with autism. The puppy named Ranger will be a partner with the team to raise awareness for the challenges of autism and the importance of service dogs. The team even released some important facts about Ranger. His pregame treat, peanut butter. He's learning to handle pucks and he (laughs) makes his way to the stadium on the subway. All steps along the way toward fulfilling his mission as an official service dog. Family members are confirming legendary singer Aretha Franklin is gravely ill. The Detroit native is at home and her family is asking fans to pray for her. The 76-year-old performer had to cancel appearances earlier this year due to medical issues. She announced last year she would be retiring from touring to spend time with her family. Her last live performance was in November at the Elton John AIDS Foundation event in New York City. And finally, the world of professional wrestling, mourning the loss of a Florida native who was a founding member of the legendary Hart Foundation. Jim the Anvil Neidhart died yesterday, reported la- reportedly after hitting his head in a fall at his home in the Pasco County town of Wesley Chapel. He wrestled alongside his brother-in-law, Brett the Hitman Hart, in the late 80s and early 90s. And fans of the e-reality show Total Divas will recognize him as the dad of current WWE superstar Natalia. Nightheart was 63. Now, Val, I know you were a fan of the, the Hart Foundation. I 
don't remember. I mean, was I that know era that of it- wrestling something you were aware of? Because those guys were like, to yeah, me, I know legends. Who, I know who they are, yeah, but yeah, and I, I can't really picture him though in my head right it, now. Neither can I, but I, I knew the he was the bigger Anvil. guy, like the more husky guy of the two. Because <laughs> they were they. <laughs> Well, no, I mean they were all on, you know, they were all steroids or, yeah. or just huge dudes. But like, he was built like husky. Yeah, he was built like a tank. The and the other one was like all, you know, lubed up with the with the mullet, and he was like the smooth talker. I got to tell you, never uh, fails to surprise me. Uh, every time I think about the fact that we still talk about these guys. I never in my wildest dreams thought we'd be talking about professional wrestling as much as we do in this country. <laughs> Still, I, I just thought it would, was like a phase thing that everyone would be like, oh, I remember when. But like, hey re- man, we, uh, our president is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Why, why would you think we're not going to talk about well, it? I, I also didn't think we'd have a president who'd be in the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame. So what do I know? <laughs> Forecast today, expect rain, temperatures around 80, it's 63 at DVE. Uh, Camp Talk with Mike Pursuta, also ESPN's Jeremy Fowler a little bit later on this morning. A little drama going on at camp right now. Is A.B. limping or isn't he limping? Well, God forbid you point it out. (laughs) Uh, Who call you a clown on Twitter. Yeah, he uh, went after Hall of Famer Ed Bouchette yesterday on Twitter, uh, which is like the latest in a long line of athletes sparring with journalists this year. A lot of hatred for the media, even in sports these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have uh, those uh, reports coming up a little later. And actually, we're going to talk a little Penguins today. Good story on Jake Gensel from our friend Jason Mackey in the Post-Gazette. And a nice uh, hockey update on somebody that the Penguins are going to be relying on a lot. So uh, we'll spread it around a little bit this morning. When I mentioned ACDC earlier, you said you, you saw ACDC when you were a kid at, uh, at where? At the Igloo. At the, at the Igloo. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Was it? Was it the Mellon Arena? No, it wasn't the Mellon Arena. It was Civic Arena. The Civic Arena. Yeah. So I was 16 years old. This guy, uh, Tom Donahoe, I think his dad worked at the Civic Arena or something. He got less front row seats. Not the former GM. No, no. This is a, this is a different guy. Okay. Different no, Donahoe. Not, not a different Donahoe. Um, he gets us front row seats. I was so excited because I obviously I'm always in the upper deck at everything I go to. So I'm like, <laughs> front row? It's unbelievable. So I'm 16. <laughs> Thunderstruck just comes out. You know, I don't know if you've been, oh, Did you go God. to that tour, Billy? No. Oh, no. so they, it comes out. Val, did you go? 1989? It was like 1990, I think. Okay. Yeah, 19, I think it was 1990. And like, they come, out, they come out of the stage, you know, they're like going, wow, 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 thunder. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is the greatest. Like, one of, one of those moments when you're a kid, like, I've never experienced anything like it. It's so loud. But right before the concert started, there was a guy next to me with this, like, jean jacket on, like, Iron Maiden, ACDC, every Judas Priest, everything he's been to, he's got a, he's got a patch, a patch right. for it. He's like, I'm like, dude, great jacket, great jean jacket, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just wanted, I just wanted to become friends with him. Dude, I was so great scared of him. He had like a big beard. I was a little heavy yeah. at the time. I'm like, I'm so, such a slob. This guy's going to kill me. He looks like Harley Davidson, you know? So I'm like, so, so we've been kind of become friends like as a 16 year old and, and a guy that's like 40 with a beard with a jean jacket of uh, yeah. you know, patches. Yeah, totally normal. So, yeah. so the concert goes on. It's an unbelievable show. And we're just having a great time in the front row. I'm sweating so bad. I'm jumping up and down. And on the last song, is for those about the rock, they get these huge cannons. Yeah, the, the cannons side. come oh, yeah. out. And oh, like, yeah. You know, and Brian Johnson, those about the rock. And fire. And the cannons are like, boom. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. Greatest night of my life, right? Greatest night. So in the middle of the song, like, for those about the rock. And I'm like, fire. And I go to like, raise my hand. 
I get smoked by something. Boom! Something hits me right in the head, right? <laughs> Next thing I know, this guy's got me in the chokehold. The guy with the, the, with the oh jean jacket. Oh, my God. Turns out. Someone had thrown a sausage sub from Section E up in the Civic, <laughs> on the Civic Arena. Hits me right in the face. Boom! <laughs> Ricochets off my face. Sauce is all over me. And it's all over this guy's jacket. He's like, look at my jacket, man. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, don't kill me. He's like, I'm like, it's all over me, too. I'm pulling peppers and onions out of my ear. I'm like, I got peppers and onions in my ear. I go, we just got hit by a sausage sub from the upper tank, buddy. We've both been attacked. <laughs> he thought it was you. Why he did he? I, I have no what? idea. Why would I turn in the middle of the greatest concert ever, pick up a sausage sub, and throw it at him? Who would do that? But it was all over this guy. I felt so bad. We're getting guy, enemy fire from the upper tank. <laughs> I know he'd had this jacket for like 20 years. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this has happened to you, but I'm 16. I've never been in the front row. It's the greatest show ever. Please don't kill me. Wait a minute. There's so I have so many questions. Oh, that's so great. Who went and got a sausage sub right before the encore? <laughs> you know what? These cartridges awesome. Well, I've been snorting a whole time. I'm gonna go get two sausage subs. I don't do that. You're not gonna eat both of them. Yes, I will. I'm gonna eat them both. House is the first one. Now what are you gonna do, Jag off? Now you gotta throw the second one. Yeah. Look at those two idiots in the front. <laughs> Load it into your hoagie cannon. Fire it down to the front. Thunder! Wow! For those about to rock! Sausage! Sausage sub! And then I had to ride the teal. I'm like, you're 16, a little uncomfortable in your skin. You ride the teal. I'm like, covered in sauce. Couple hot I think there was like a couple, saw a couple hot girls like from high school. I'm like, how you doing? <laughs> hey, great show, right? Yeah. What happened to you? I was like, I got hit with a sausage sub right at the end. <laughs> no big deal. It was a great show. Val, when's the last time somebody wrote a song about rock and roll? Used to happen all the time. Yeah, I don't know. People were, wrote, were writing songs about... People you, were building cities on it. You can't stop rock and roll. <laughs> rock and roll's not noise pollution. Just rock and roll. We rock built this city night. on rock, rock and, roll. and roll. Yeah, well, see, that one was kind of, that's maybe where it stopped, Bill, now that you say that it. That killed yeah. it. Once, once you've built the city on it, then it's only yeah. a matter of time before the city falls apart. That's true. But uh, it's not not a lot of bands come out with songs with rock and roll in the title these days. Rock and roll suicide. Back in the day, there were a, there were a bunch. Mm-hmm. There's probably some we do Rock and roll about. fantasy. Rock yeah. on. Want to just play all rock and roll songs this morning? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Mike Pursuta with your uh, training camp report when we come back. Live from St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Only a couple more days for Mike and the the Steelers out there this Thursday night. They'll be taking on Green Bay in Green Bay. Game two of the preseason. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff, and all of the coverage will begin at 4 o'clock right here on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 102.5 DVE. DVE Sports. Mike pursued a live from Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Mike, good morning. What's going on, man? Good morning, guys. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Steelers ready to depart St. Vincent College. The last public practice is today, and then uh, there'll be a walkthrough on Wednesday before they depart for the airport and the trip to Green Bay for preseason game number two and then uh, upon their return it'll be back to the south side back to uh, more of a business as usual setting they're not exactly uh, finishing with a flurry yesterday's practice delayed by rain and then the Steelers limited to the one turf field 
because uh, the three grass fields were just saturated. And uh, a bunch of guys not participating in 11-on-11 work yesterday, either because of injury, illness, or a coach's decision. And uh, among those players, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Stephen Ridley, James Conner, Bud Dupree, Anthony Ciccolo, Ramon Foster, B.J. Finney, Antonio Brown, Sean Davis, Vance McDonald, T.J. Watt, and Stephon Tuitt. Oh, and by the way, they haven't had the shoulder pads on since the game in Philadelphia last Thursday. So that, it's not, it's that's, not exactly uh, reaching a crescendo here, Rand. That seems uh, like a Excessive. long time for them to not have had pads on. Yeah, and, and you know, Mike Tomlin, he's never going to whine about injuries. He says it's part of the game, and, and he just rolls with it and uh, never makes a big deal out of it. But just think uh, to it and, uh, excuse me, Dupree and T.J. Watt, for example, two young players. That's your that outside switched, linebackers right there. They've switched positions. <laughs> And they're both critical positions, and they're they're missing a ton of time. Sean Davis is playing a new position of free safety. He's missing a ton of time. I don't think these are debilitating debilitating conditions that are going to, you know, prevent them from playing in September. But how prepared are they going to be? How comfortable are they going to be? Something to worry about if you were looking for something to worry about. I got uh, plenty yeah, to worry of about. Of course, I'm worrying about it. I need something to worry about. I'll take it on. You know, Vance McDonald got hurt in the fourth practice. And uh, he's supposed to be a huge part of the offense. Uh, he's walking around. Jeez, I looks, forgot about him completely. Looks fine, but he has not had a training camp. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, some interesting discussions out here yesterday, however. And uh, one of those was with the defensive end and defensive captain Cam Hayward. And uh, it concerned whether or not this new seven defensive back sub package they're working on can actually hold up if teams tried to run against it. We'll see. You know, uh... Um, I know we have seven DBs on the field, but I, I think with that, um, our, our sense has got to be we got to still stop the run. Um, we're not going to go out there and put it as a first down defense, but um, who's to say we can't you know, tackle well um, with the guys that are out there in that, that package? Uh, just got to continue to work at them. Yeah, you got to figure the teams are going to challenge them that way, at least initially when uh, they see that, and we'll see if the uh, seven DBs can, in fact, tackle and then maybe be more effective against tight ends like, I don't know, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, James Washington <laughs> continues to dazzle out here as well, and he continues to uh, run well down in the depth chart. Uh, he's not at the bottom uh, of the rotation line, but he's not near the top either. Uh, had a chance to get some clarity on that yesterday from the new receivers coach, Daryl Drake. You see what you see out here. He's very talented. He's going to make plays. Uh, you know, in due time, he'll be where he needs to be. What you see from James Washington tells you something about him. You know, I'm not going to throw him in there into the wolves, get him confused right away during camp and all that, but he's building. He, he's, he's climbing stairs. What floor is he on? He's climbing. <laughs> he, he's climbing. So, you know, you're going to see James Washington. You don't have to worry about that. You know, as long as he continues hmm. to progress and do what he's doing, you're going to see him. You know, so... Uh, but at the same time, you know, you get guys like that, you don't want to anoint them right away. You want to make them appreciate the journey. You know, that's my philosophy. I'm teaching him to appreciate the journey. And as he's on this journey, the more he appreciates the journey, the harder he works each and every day to get a little bit better, to get a little bit better, to get a little bit better, to a little bit 
better. Don't want to annoy him. Let him appreciate their journey, and, and you know, he's going to be fine. I love the kid. You know, he's done something almost every day that uh, has been head-turning in terms of the type of catches he's making. I can never figure that out, though, you know? Like, is he making big plays, you know, because he he stands out in a bunch of people who don't belong in the NFL and he's going to be, you know, he's at NFL caliber? Is he making big plays in the context of Antonio Brown? Uh, Different than Antonio Brown, but I think it's the type of combat catches that we heard so much about after they drafted him. Uh, you know, he's he's not necessarily wide open. Uh, if there's a guy standing right next to you, it doesn't matter if it's Brian Allen or Joe Hayden when you find a way to catch and hold on to the ball. No. I don't think it does either, Bill. Uh, and yet when they opened seven shots yesterday, no Antonio Brown in 11-on-11 work. The, the three starting receivers were Darius Hayward Bay, Justin Hunter, and Marcus Tucker. Yeah, I mean, I saw Caboli tweet out yesterday that he caught a fade over Joe Hayden. I mean, that's that's a starting corner in the NFL. Yeah, and it's it's been remarkably consistent. But I, I can see where Dale Drake's coming from, too. They want him to appreciate uh, the process, Washington. They don't want him to feel like he arrived the day he got here. He said he's going to be where he needs to be uh, when he needs to be there, and what you see on the practice field is real. So uh, we'll take them at their word and just uh, watch the process unfold. Uh, another thing they're working on, not just with James Washington, but all the receivers, is uh, how to uh, legally commit offensive pass interference <laughs> now that the NFL has made uh, offensive and defensive pass interference a point of emphasis. They're calling it a little bit closer. They're calling it a little bit more on the offense than they ever have in the past. So we have to adjust a little bit. You know, when that receiver gets his arm extended, it should be a penalty. you got to get that elbow, you know, and, and not get the arm extended. And there so are ways you can help there's create ways separation you can, yeah. and you'll get away with exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and it, it, it makes it a little tougher, too, on, on the offense because DBs are going to lean on you. They're going to lean on you. You just got to know how to get him off without getting your arm extended. And so we try to teach those techniques because it's not going to change, so we have to adjust. Yeah, work on that legal interference. Or the legal interference, the kind that uh, when you don't get caught, I guess it's legal. Uh, <laughs> last public practice today at 2.55. Uh, if you are interested, make a move now or wait until next year. Pirates in Minnesota tonight to take on the Twins. Jamison Tyone gets the ball for the Bucks. He's 9-8 and eight with a 3.63 ERA. He'll be opposed by Jake Odorizzi, 4-7, 4.50. Uh, the Pirates and a bunch of people uh, not playing yesterday. The Bucks are 61-58, are eight games behind the Chicago Cubs for the NL Central lead and five games off the pace for one of the two wild cards. Uh, Milwaukee and uh, Philadelphia are currently tied for uh, the two wild card spots. The Phillies actually a couple of percentage points ahead of the Brewers, and then it's the Cardinals, uh, the Rockies, the Dodgers, and the Bucks. Mike, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Sorry for the sneeze there. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. Valerie. We're going to talk about a beer brewed specifically to get you in the mood. I don't know, but I think they all do. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Talking uh, more Steelers with Jeremy Fowler from ESPN later on this morning. Jason Mackey with a quick update on what's going on in the offseason of the Pens. CCR, DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. Fortunate Son. You know, Dave Grohl did a version of that with John Fogarty. 
Dave Grohl recently releasing the uh, documentary in which he plays every single instrument and does like a 29-minute guitar solo or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he constructed it all from memory. So he sat down and played the track on the drums without any lead sheets or anything like that. That's amazing. No cheat sheets. And he just played it from memory, and then he played it on every instrument and then layered it, and then they put it together. So if you are, if you think you have a Dave Grohl overkill right now, this is not the documentary for you. Yeah, that sounds like something I don't want to watch. <laughs> I appreciate the talent. Sure. Beyond belief. But yeah, that's just a lot of Dave Grohl. And apparently yeah. at one point they like show, they have the camera put so there's like six Dave Grohls on the screen playing. Oh my God. Well, I don't know why I feel like Taylor Hawkins hates him. He shouldn't because Taylor, he, he... I don't know why, but I always feel like that. Because <sighs> Taylor Hawkins wants to be Dave Grohl, maybe. Maybe? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't begrudge Dave Grohl having fun and being, you know, goof and everything yeah, like that. It's just... I like him. Sure. I just... He's like a dessert to me, though. A little bit goes a long way. <laughs> it's a yeah. Little, little rich. Too much. Occasionally. Uh, Val's got news top of the hour. We'll talk about the beer that makes you horny. Also, <laughs> want to remind you, Steelers football coming back Thursday night. Steelers and the uh, Packers. That makes me horny. <laughs> In 8 o'clock. pack. 8 o'clock. Meat packing makes me horny. Wait, wait hold on a second. I didn't a- eight say 8 o'clock that. is the Yikes. kickoff. 4 o'clock coverage starting right here on the flagship of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 102.5 it's Randy Bauman in the DV Morning Show, along with Bill Crawford and Val Porter. Mike Pursuit is live from Steelers Training Camp. Joe Rakiki producing the show. A news report yesterday uh, made me feel somewhat sympathetic toward our president. Yes, you see, he is perplexed, apparently, uh, that he can't just call foreign leaders whenever he wants <laughs> because he's had trouble understanding time zones. Yeah. My kids are struggling with that a little bit, too. Uh, one uh, had uh, said one of his aides told Politico that he wanted to call Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe in the middle of the afternoon, but you know that's the middle of the night in Tokyo. And uh, this Babe person you said up. he wasn't great with recognizing that the leader of a country who might be eighty or eighty-five years old is not going to be awake in the or in the right place at 10.30 or 11 p.m. their time. When he wants to call someone, he wants to call someone. That's Yeah, I see I see that as him. But they say they always have to tell him about time zones. And he, he always he has a hard time understanding, well, what do you mean? It's a different time there. I mean, I, I have Our a... Our time is the most important, obviously. Look, time, right. But time zones are tricky. And it made me think of one of my favorite comedians from the 90s, who I don't know where he is now, but a guy named Hugh Fink, who did Letterman like five or six times, if not more. Uh, this was Hugh Fink's dad in time zones. And my parents still live in Indiana, and uh, I'm in New York now. Different time zones. This is the Eastern time zone, Indiana's Central time zone. My father does not get time zones. I talk to him once a week. We have the same conversation over the phone every week. Well, it's, it's 8 o'clock here. What is it, 6 o'clock there, huh? Huh? <laughs> It's 1.30 here, so what is it, 9.30 there, huh? Oh, let's see, it's Monday here, so what is it, Wednesday there, huh? It's summer here, what is it, winter there, huh? It's the Industrial Revolution here, what is it, the Paleolithic era there, huh? Really, it was just an excuse to play Hugh Fink. Huh? 
Huh? Oh, God. Wake up, Pittsburgh. Talking Steelers with ESPN's Jeremy Fowler coming up. Also, Jason Mackey did a great report on Jake Gensel's offseason and how a kick in the ass from Coach Mike Sullivan was the most effective thing for Jake's uh, maturation last year. So we'll get that on after 9 o'clock. Pink Floyd, DVE. So that was apparently one of a hundred different mixes of time from Pink Floyd. I don't think I've ever heard that version. You didn't really oh, hear that, that version either, actually. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> we were talking about comedian Charlie Varicola. That's true. Comedian from the 90s. From the 90s, because Hugh Fink, who is I hilarious. I think he toured at the same time Hugh Fink did. Hugh Fink, if you uh, go What's back- What's Hugh Fink up to? I think he became a writer. He was a- uh, he was a very prolific uh, violin player. Also, he was an accomplished violinist. Not together. He he wasn't a violinist. He did a little comedian. Vi- he did some violin comedy. He did. He did a bit where he he did the national anthem like Jimi Hendrix on the violin. It wasn't Just that funny. He didn't do a uh, Hollywood Nights type of. No, Sasha Dubinsky, the one-armed violinist, <laughs> who then holds his bow when he's done with another part of his body. Uh, <laughs> so that Comedy Central presents Hugh Fink specials from 1999. Uh, on the way for you, Val's got news, and Mike pursued a Morphin Steelers training camp. A.B. calling out Ed Bouchette yesterday, and now the war on the media locally starts happening. This is like the third NFL player to start warring with the uh, the media. Fake news. <laughs> He called Ed Bouchette's a Hall of Famer. Called him a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a Steelers report from Bob Labriola. He's no clown. IHOP caused a lot of uh, fur, furor, furor, furor controversy when they changed their name from IHOP to IHOB with a B and then made people guess what it was going to stand for. But now they come... <laughs> I just thought of a B word that would sound really funny. What? International House of Boners. <laughs> that was very uncharacteristic of you. <laughs> so you ridiculous. silly. <laughs> I was being silly. Something about that. pancakes that uh, just gets me all excited. <laughs> just, well, come on in. Stupid. Let me show you all our different kinds of syrup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A blueberry. (laughs) (laughs) The purple helmet platter. (laughs) Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I mean, the really nice thing about that is it would have a nice display of international boners. (laughs) Right. Here's a Dutch one. (laughs) Here's one from Belgium. Yeah, I don't know what got into you there. I don't know either. Super silly day. I'm actually even hearing that back. I'm like, that doesn't even sound like Val. (laughs) She's hanging around us too long. A slappy day. I know. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. True 11. It's 63 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. The Port Authority of Allegheny County says the Station Square T-Stop should reopen in about eh, three to four weeks. The stop has been closed since that freight train derailment August 5th. Repairs are being done on the T-Tracks with a portion of a concrete retaining wall near the stop 
needing to be rebuilt as well as a power line support structure being reinstalled. Today is the deadline for a grand jury to release a redacted version of a report that details decades of sex abuse in six Pennsylvania Catholic dioceses, including the Pittsburgh and Greensburg dioceses. The state Supreme Court set this deadline for the report, which will apparently shed some light on seven decades of cover-ups. The report is expected to cover how bishops handled or failed to handle cases of abusive priests. It specifically hones in on whether or not they were helped by community and political leaders in obstruction of justice. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, where I grew up, it it profoundly affected my community, my high school and my grade school parish. Hmm. Well, I would guess people probably in the Pittsburgh area are going to be pretty shocked. I agree. Definitely. When this is released, mm-hmm. because it's one of the targets. Yes. Amorosa, uh, the new tell-all book she wrote, is being released today in the book Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House. The former Trump White House staffer and reality TV star blasts the Trump administration. The publisher of the book, Gallery Books, has promised an explosive and jaw-dropping account of what Manigal Newman saw in the West Wing. Yesterday, another of the clips that she released was of a phone call that she had with the president right after she got fired. Uh, Marosa, what's going on? I just saw on the news that you're thinking about leaving. What happened? General Kelly, General Kelly came to me and said that you guys wanted me to leave. No, I, I, nobody even told me about it. Nobody, wow. you know, they run a big operation, but I didn't know it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I don't love you leaving at all. You know they run a big operation. You're running the biggest. <laughs> Wait, I'm in charge? Hold on a second. <laughs> this is how Kevin Colbert should cut players from the Steelers. <laughs> it's way nicer. Hey, I don't love you, you leaving at all. Why are you taking my bags out there? <laughs> Not look, I... <laughs> Wait, I don't love no, this. You, I didn't know anything about this. Who's, who's, they didn't tell me. They never tell me. Don't tell me anything. I have to find out watching Sports Center. Oh man. Uh, I don't she, love you not being on this team. I don't love you getting cut right now because you're terrible. <laughs> she also claims she secretly recorded Ivanka Trump and Jared after she got fired. They called to offer their apologies and condolences for her being fired. Uh, according to the sources, the couple claims on the tape, they also didn't know she was being fired. Uh, she claims the president has no impulse control and has, quote unquote, serious mental impairment. Uh, she says lying is the way of the Trump White House. She says the president <laughs> would tell his team one thing in the morning and tweet the exact opposite that afternoon without consulting them. Newman also said the communications team prepped the president to lie in an interview with NBC's Lester Hole about the firing of FBI Director James Comey and President Trump rejecting Omarosa's claims that she's heard tapes of him using a racial slur. On Twitter, Trump said Apprentice creator Mark Burnett told him there are no such tapes. Oh, boy. He added that he's never had that word in his vocabulary, With no. which, if that's the case, why would you have to ask someone if there are tapes of you using the word? Just to be sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know. Big it's, day uh, yesterday. Big. Pretty well, they're active. all like this. You know, every day's kind of like this. Um, <laughs> I still can't stand Omarosa. No, she's, 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 I was going to say. She's, she's a trash But what bag. did they expect from her? Right. No, I mean. That's the whole point. You can't bring someone like that in. The problem is the guy running things is like that. that that's why he's so pissed. He got burned by one of his own. 
These are the tactics he would have used. I mean, you have to record Trump if you talk to him from now on. Yeah, but why, the people shouldn't be recording things in the White House. Like, in the situation or, yeah, room. You have to because when you leave, people <laughs> will misrepresent what actually went down. Yeah, and then foreign leaders can hack your stupid phone and you know there's yeah that happens i know well they at one point they said nobody can bring anything in like no phones nothing in the situation room now his situation room is like a Chappelle show <laughs> you gotta, you gotta check your phone. your phone at the door man <laughs> they should call it we have a situation room <laughs> i don't want any I'm- of my new material getting out I'm just glad the actual situation isn't in there the guy from the jersey shore <laughs> as hey it's he early. may be the next Supreme Court justice, I know, <laughs> but still. Uh, Jim at, Tan Launder. Let's at least hold off there. Let's draw the line there. Yeah, Omarosa's an idiot. Why would you? Not to mention, not you're not exactly breaking any news here, Omarosa. They lie. Yeah, we're well aware. Doesn't every government lie? Yeah. To some extent. Well, this, this might be the Michael Jordan of lying, though. The greatest of all time. The greatest. The ghost. <laughs> yeah, but and, uh, Omarosa is so despicable, I can't imagine people are buying this book. Oh, I bet people will. Oh, yeah. People are going to buy it. How even is she not they, guilty Even if they of, hate read it, I don't think it's against. It. I don't think it's against the law. She's just breaking a lot of well, that's, norms. Yeah, I saw somebody on some news program yesterday saying there wasn't any like classified information being discussed, so they don't think she'll be facing any charges bring them all in bring in mama june bring in the situation i'm gonna reverse course on this let's just see what yeah. happens let's do it bring I them mean, all we've in. already had dennis rodman in north korea that's true why not just go could full, change the world full bore <laughs> steven seagal is uh normalizing relations between russia, <laughs> russia yeah, and the he u.s getting, i, I kind of brushed over that last week i was on vacation uh, what was he named russia as? appointed him as this a special ambassador for improving relations with the united states oh, okay. mm-hmm uh, Does his jet black hair dye also get a position? I'm not sure. Maybe that's why we had to legalize asbestos. It's probably a chemical <laughs> and whatever keeps his hair black. In much better, lighter, more pleasant news, Disney is helping kids get to sleep every night with a new bedtime hotline. Parents can call a temporary toll-free number and a Disney character will be on the other end telling their kids, get to bed. Uh, they can oh, choose like from either Mickey or Minnie Mouse, Donald or Daisy Duck or Goofy to deliver the message. That hotline will run through August 31st. I told you my dad, what, what they used to do to my little brother, there was a there was a campus police officer that we knew, this guy that would like, he was like a, uh, it was up at Barron, Penn State, mm-hmm. and all the soccer fields we played on as kids were at Barron College, which is now yeah. like developed you know, to be like the second biggest college in the state or something. But at the time, there were lots of open fields, so there were soccer fields up there. And this cop, my dad knew him from whatever, I don't know, you know, from the, playing softball with him or something like that. And his name was Officer Tom. So what they would do to scare my brother to go to bed, they do the trick like, I'm going to call Officer Tom to come get you. <laughs> and, you know, my brother would be like, yeah, right, whatever. Who's, you know, he was like six, six or seven at the time. And then we'd like call our own phone number. Oh, yeah. And be like, Officer Tom, yeah, okay, yeah, well, you have to come get him and take him to bed. Oh, you're going to call right back? Okay, great, hang up. He's going to call right back. And then when the phone would ring, my little brother would sprint upstairs. He's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, here comes the heat. <laughs> Just go flying up the stairs. Put your put him on the phone, and the Officer Tom like, wah, 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 wah. why does he talk like Donald Duck? I don't know how the Disney stuff is going to make the kid want to go to bed. 
They're well, going to be like, I want to talk to somebody else. They're going to get excited. Is like, you know, you have to go to bed so you can be ready for school tomorrow. I think what it would it would be better if it was all the villains from the Disney movies. Well, like Mother Gothel is telling you to get to sleep. Yeah, then you had nightmares. I told some little kid not too long ago, I don't even remember who it was, <laughs> and I said, someday you're going to wake up in the morning and think, I can't wait to go back to bed. <laughs> Val, Val, you would not be a good nanny. Someday, someday you're going to never wake wanna up. You're going to die so bad. <laughs> someday you're going to be like, why are we living anymore? I mean, someday this is, you're going to wish for death as soon as you wake up. Someday you're going to wish your eyes didn't open. You're going to hate everybody you see. Uh, I don't know why, dreams. but but Kennedy's been having some pretty deep thoughts. Like, she, she approached me the other night. How old is she, she now? She's 10. Okay. That's and you. She, That's... she said, I've been thinking a lot about life and death, and, like, if we die, then what's the point of even being alive? Hold on. Let me get Donald Duck on the line to tell you. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is out of That's my pay heavy. grade. <laughs> Dial up Goofy. <laughs> Can I phone a friend? Yeah, if your ten-year-old daughter's freaking you out, <laughs> you know I'm you're like, like, I'm not ready to deal with like good this thought, man. existential Ugh. conversation about life and death and what is the meaning of it all. I was like, I was still laughing about farting in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get back to that? Because that's really like my zone, right? You know, Dad, I've been reading Kafka. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I haven't even had my morning Kafka. <laughs> I can't talk about this. I'm not prepared. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, all is well. Uh, some people have a couple of drinks to loosen up before a night of uh, Vodio Doe. <laughs> Vodio Doe. Well, yeah, she's using the old Laverne DeFazio language there. Now there is uh, a brewery in Ireland that just created a new beer that is specifically designed to boost your sex drive. And they say it's all thanks to one key ingredient, watercress. As apparently uh, it has the right mix of vitamins to get you going. Right now the beer is only available in Ireland, but maybe people will campaign to get Watercress Warrior beer here in America. In music yeah. news. I don't know. Yeah, I just think every beer kind of loosens you up and gets you ready for that. Yeah. Except maybe like the heavy beers. Yeah. You know, where you feel like you drank a meatloaf. <laughs> Probably not, not getting super uh, excited. Uncle Fappy's Bouillon IPA. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Fappy. <laughs> mm, this this uh, ashy rhino dong uh, uh, <laughs> stout is not hitting me the right way. Mm, I'll tell you what, this is viscous. <laughs> In music news, former Journey singer Steve Perry is using social media to tease a highly anticipated and long-awaited new solo album. Yesterday, he created a website, a Facebook page, and Twitter account, and on each he shared this message, I know it's been a long time coming. He also launched Instagram and YouTube accounts. His still-untitled album is expected to be released in October. It'll be his first solo effort since 1994's For the Love of Strange Medicine. Weird Al getting his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I can't believe he doesn't have one already. Yeah, well, that doesn't seem Such right. a legendary artist. As we learned, you have to pay for it. Yeah, it's usually a fan club that... 
And you have to show up for it. Remember, I think it was Julie last week was doing a a report where Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, like some big, big names are not on Denzel Washington. Yeah, they don't want any part of it. No, they just won't show up. The Hollywood Chamber of Commerce announced the news yesterday. His star ceremony will take place on August 27th. And happy birthday to Steve Martin. He's 73 today. Wow. He's a dignified 73. Still crushing it. Like, he's hilarious. His band is awesome. The band is great, yeah. Uh, His show with Martin Short is tremendous. Highly recommend that if you haven't seen it on Netflix. Martin Short's biography is a must-read. And for if you're like a comedy fan and, you know, Steve Martin is such a big part of his life that he plays prominently throughout the book. And that's just the the life those two have had together along with like I think like Tom Hanks is kind of in their crew and yeah. a couple other people. It just seems like so much fun. The Three Amigos was a very pivotal comedy movie for me and i'm absolutely terrified to go back and watch it i haven't seen it since it I holds was a up kid. dude it's does it awesome okay because i was like i can't it's a sweater i i just can't <laughs> i can't go back there and have that ruined they buy el guapo a sweater for his birthday dude i mean it's uh, they're in the desert <laughs> it's the funniest movie i mean i the, loved it so all the much. martin short dances all the names of the old movies and yeah. stuff there's so many good jokes look up here Look up here. All those bits still hold up. Okay. I don't know. I, when when I, they're all like like so thirsty. And yeah. Steve, is it Steve Martin? Or is it no, Chevy Chase? Yeah. He has he's all that water. Pouring can, yeah, he drinks his whole canteen. He's pouring it all over his head. <laughs> Lauren Michaels, when he left Saturday Night Live, went and wrote that movie with them. Oh, man, I love that movie. John Lovitz is hilarious in that, the small role that he has in that movie. It, El Guapo. It, it's, I think, if you like those guys, you'll love that movie. But the Netflix special that Martin Short and Steve Martin uh, put out, which is basically a filmed version of the live show they did here at the mm-hmm. Benetton Center, uh, is also super funny if you didn't see it live before. I watched it again. I remember watching Martin Short here the one time with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra when he did Peter and the Wolf. Mm-hmm. Wolf. He did the whole thing, all the voices in his different character voices, and mm-hmm. it was tremendously funny. But that night, what blew me away was Steve Martin's banjo playing. Mm-hmm. Because I'd never seen him actually play before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard him, and I know he's good, but playing with that band, the name escapes me right now. Something Mountain Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. 73 years old at any rate. Uh, he's had a pretty ridiculous career. And Born Standing Up, his autobiography. So good. If you get the audiobook of that, he does it. So when he's talking about all of his old bits, he's re-performing all of them on the audiobook. It's pretty fun to listen to. The Steep Canyon Rangers. That's it. Good moment. Good call. Good evening, everybody. My name is Steve Martin, and I'll be out here in just a minute. <laughs> Just the stuff where he opened up for the nitty gritty dirt band and all that, and he was like the hippie comedian, and him oh, and yeah. Bob Einstein had an office together writing for the Smothers Brothers show way back all in the, the day. All the shows that he did in like San Fran, that's where he kind of got started. And, yeah, and Knott's Berry Farms growing up, and mm-hmm. and his uh, what did he, he worked at Disneyland too, didn't he? I'm not sure. I know Knott's Berry Farm he did, and he was uh, basically a, a, like a magician. A magician, yeah. yeah. That was a huge part of his childhood. He was. What was his uh, stage name? I can't remember. Steve the Magnificent or something? Something. Something like that. Something goofy like that. Uh, The Jerk is another movie that will always hold up. The Jerk is every scene is hilariously funny. Really funny, funny. yeah. Yeah. That's all you got, Val? That's it. 
All right. Mike Pursuta, broadcasting live from Steelers training camp. When we come back from this commercial break, we're also going to talk to Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. And Jason Mackey did a nice piece on Jake Gensel's offseason and how Mike Sullivan gave him the uh, kick in the ass that he needed. Don't forget, Thursday night, the Steelers are back at it. Game two of the preseason against the Green Bay Pack. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now at the DVE or on the DVE morning show. Add you got to explain what we're laughing and, at. No, Latrobe. No, Latrobe. I don't even know what you're laughing at. Oh my god, Randy Wait. just tweeted something. You guys are having a good time back there. Yeah, it was just the timing of it all. It just <laughs> Bill sat down oh. right before we went on air, and he's like, "All right, anyways, Mike, what's go- <laughs> what's going on out Can there?" Can I just say what you tweeted? Sure, go ahead. The care. LA uh, PD is investigating a video of a man spanking a hippo at the Los Angeles Zoo, and Randy <laughs> tweeted and said, "Web Bell is at it again." <laughs> and I just the visual of it. There's a picture of the guy spanking the hippo. Really? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Is the asshole dimply? <laughs> it's what's... <laughs> dude, is that a Apparently euphemism that's... or is he actually hitting it in the backside? No, dude, he's... Oh, no, he's spanking He's it. spanking the hippo. Yeah. That, and that's not like choking the chicken. No, that's not That's no. not a euphemism. He's not feeding the geese. No, he's not feeding the geese. He's spanking the hippo. <laughs> you know why that's disgusting? Oh a disgusting yeah, so many reasons. Yes, I, I do. Mean, there's so many, yeah. Because you Pick imagine one. somebody feeding the geese. Right. Yeah. On a nice little bench <laughs> on a yeah. pond. Some old guy. That's not what we're talking about. I know. It's how you feed them. I know. Yeah. But the image that, is like, oh. Take the hand motion and then I know subtract the geese. I what it is. <laughs> Got this guy uh, spanking a hippo to... in the parking lot. <laughs> guess I'm supposed to talk about football now, huh? Uh, you know, let me ask you this. What Did the media have any reaction to Antonio Brown calling out Hall of Fame Reporter Ed Bouchette yesterday as a clown. I did not. I can't speak for anybody else. So we, like, we were, how do you think Eddie Boo took it? In stride. I, you know, Ed's a pro. He's uh, probably like, that, oh, shut up. Basically, I would assume that was it. Um, Antonio Brown, we've talked about this many times. Uh, he is difficult to tolerate everywhere but on a football field. He, <laughs> he, he is just exhausting in how aggravating he is. You see, it's, it's unbelievable. But this seems to be a trend in training camps. Jalen Ramsey got suspended for it down in Jacksonville this year. Yeah, more more cell phones and social media leading us over the cliff into the abyss. Yep. That's exactly what's happening. I said this years ago. You're welcome. It feels like we're off the cliff, Mike. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're like over. Wiley Coyote where you can see his head. And that face has the realization that he's going to fall all the way down and there's going to be that little puff of smoke. The legs the legs are still moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know how he goes? He goes off the cliff and he hasn't started falling yet. And then he feels around with his foot and there's no ground there. Yeah. And then he looks down and then he starts falling. I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bunch of Steelers not participating Yesterday, pretty good team on the sideline. This is either due to uh, what Mike Tomlin 
uh, continues to say are minor injuries or, in Stefan Tuitt's case, illness, or just uh, in Ben Roethlisberger's case, he had the day off. But uh, Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sean Davis, Antonio Brown, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, Vance McDonald, Ramon Foster, and Stefan Tuitt were among the Steelers who did not do any 11-on-11 work yesterday. They've got uh, preseason game number two on Thursday night in Green Bay. Today is the last open to the public practice out here at St. Vincent College. They've had uh, a lot of rain to deal with of late. Uh, they were limited to the one uh, synthetic turf field yesterday. Uh, that kind of condensed everything. But uh, Mike Tomlin said they got their work in, and he liked the fact that his team came out with energy, even though uh, practice was delayed about an hour. Uh, some interesting discussions beforehand, including uh, Cam Hayward holding court uh, with a few of us uh, prior to lunch yesterday. And he talked about how the role of uh, defenses has changed uh, based on uh, the way the NFL is trending toward offense. I think defense wins championships, but, you know, I think you got to break it down even smaller. To win games, you got to have defensive plays. Uh, I don't care how many points you score. If you get one defense stop, you can win a game. You saw it in the Super Bowl. Guy got a sack, ended the game. So, you know, uh, you know, it, it might not be the entire game of defense wins because there are great offenses out there. But you got to minimize it and say, you know, can we win this one play? Can we be that that delivering factor that, that puts us over? Can we make one play? Can we make make one play? I mean, I'm not asking that rhetorically. Can we, guys? Can anybody? <laughs> can can anybody make a play here? We're gonna need one play. I mean, they're gonna need more than one. Offense is gonna be great. Well, it's supposed to be. Yeah, well, offense is supposed to be great. Defense is still gonna have to show up. And the cautiously emphasis- optimistic, Mike. Cautiously optimistic. Uh, the emphasis has been on uh, taking the ball away, and, uh, you know, they're getting uh, interceptions seemingly every day. Uh, Morgan Burnett had a pick six yesterday. Nice. And, uh, the D-backs have gotten their hands on a lot of footballs, although uh, I was uh, having an intense discussion with uh, Mark Caboli about this yesterday at Sharkey's, and he said, uh, yeah, it'll be great if they can get Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph to play for the other teams. <laughs> we'll spot you guys a quarterback. Yeah. All then right, they'll let's keep go. getting interceptions. So. Hey, there's some there's some not great quarterbacks. They're gonna see some some rookies potentially. Well, yeah, and the, you know the point being, uh, if you can just make that one play, particularly a splash play, uh, if they drive seventy yards on you but you take the ball away, that's okay. They didn't score. Uh, you, you don't have to dominate. You just have to be impactful. And uh, that's what they're going to try to be on defense. Uh, the other uh, revelation, if you will, from yesterday, and uh, this has been uh, very interesting to me throughout camp because we've seen James Washington almost, if not every day, make a catch or two where you just kind of go, wow, that was really good. Uh, or, Boy, that guy showed up as advertised. And yet we've seen him down in the rotations and – uh, he's not exactly being featured front and center, but uh, wide receivers coach Daryl Drake said there's a reason for that, and uh, all will be well as it ends well regarding uh, James Washington's ascension. You know, you're going to see James Washington. You don't have to worry about that. You know, as long as he continues to progress and do what he's doing, you're going to see him. <laughs> you know, so uh, but at the same time, you know, you get guys like that, you don't want to anoint them right away. 
you want to make them appreciate the journey. You know, that's my philosophy. I'm teaching him to appreciate the journey. And as he's on this journey, the more he appreciates the journey, the harder he works each and every day to get a little bit better, to get a little bit better, to get a little bit better, to get a little bit better. Don't want to annoy him. Let him appreciate the journey, and, and you know, he's going to be fine. I love the kid. And we heard from James yesterday. He's got that real uh, laid-back kind of take-things-as-they-come style about him. And he said, hey, when I get my chance, I'm going to run with it. Uh, that part uh, at least is clearing up in my eyes, guys. Uh, Antonio Brown, when he's between the lines, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and then we'll see if they get anything from anybody else. Does Eli Rogers make this squad? Well, he's on pup right now, so it's a it's a non uh, it's a non issue. Non issue, yeah. Until he can get healthy, I, I would, I I think they would be better with a healthy Eli Rogers. I think he could be a contributor, mm. but uh, he's he's not ready to go yet. So he's probably going to be, uh, if he starts the season on the pup, then he misses six games, and then you you Yikes. see where you are you see where you are after that. Uh, last public practice today, and then uh, it is off to Green Bay. Haven't had great weather for the public practice. There's been a lot of rain, huh? Lately, it's been, yeah, it, was, it, it's, it has not been uncomfortably hot at all, but uh, it, it rains and they move to that synthetic field, then the hillsides become useless because it's too far away. Right. You have to stand on the road, and it's not as easy to, to get a good vantage point. So uh, that's been a little disappointing. Haven't had the pads on since uh, the game in Philadelphia. Uh, because they don't like to kill themselves on that synthetic field because it's uh, the surface is harder on the bodies and they're you know they're trying to take care of these guys now as opposed to beat them up so that's one of the reasons why you see as many guys missing as you do but uh, they'll get it figured out or they won't uh, one more here mm-hmm. and then uh, off to Green Bay I can't wait uh, to get to Green Bay actually I love going there yeah no that'll be a good time no doubt about it. It's, uh, if you've never been to Lambeau Field and you are uh, a sports fan who considers yourself a real serious sports fan, you want to put that on your list. Mike, who's got to go? I'm drawing a blank right now. A B Juju, who's your third guy right now? Well, I'm assuming it's going to be James Washington uh, by September. You you do think that? Yes. Okay. That so we're not seeing it, that in terms of how they're deploying them right now. But the, the, you heard the coach. What we're seeing out here is real. The kid's fine. They love him. He, and he's going to be a slot guy? Well, he's worked slot. Uh, I, I think they're going to have versatility that way. Uh, Antonio Brown has uh, worked in the slot. Uh, they can move him around. And uh, James Washington talked about He said he ran slot at Oklahoma State. Uh, he's seen all the routes they're asking him to run. He's done all this stuff before. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's going to be a fit. I think they got that one right. Nice. What about Patterson, Mike? Is there any way that that kid makes the the team? I mean, there's a way. Uh, I guess I'm still too inexperienced. Yeah, let's see if they move him up and and, and play him against uh, some different people and and how he does there. Uh, And then, you know, special teams is going to be a big factor on all those uh, last one or two guys at a position spots on the roster. Uh, You're going to have to be able to contribute in the kicking game in most cases. And uh, everybody's still trying to figure that out as well. So stay tuned on that. Pirates uh, resume play in Minnesota tonight. Jamison Tyone against Jake Odorizzi. Tyone's 9-8 and eight with a 3.63 ERA. Odorizzi's 4-7, 4.50. The Bucks are eight games behind the Cubs 
in the race for first place in the NL Central at 61 and 58, five games behind for one of the two wild card spots. It's Philadelphia and Milwaukee in a virtual tie. And then St. Louis two back, Colorado two and a half, the Dodgers two and a half, and the Bucks five. So uh, kind of still uh, where they were at the start of the week, or I should say at the end of last week, they need to get on another significant winning streak if they're going to make a serious run at this thing. No doubt about it. We're going to talk to your colleague, Jeremy Fowler, 815 from ESPN. And hey, You uh, guys know when he does those stand-ups, he's got the suit and tie on. And shorts. Say, but he's got shorts on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real, it's an interesting look when he comes back in the dorm. We'll have to ask him what he had at the dinner you guys had the other night. If he had banana peppers, chili, and uh, some orange chicken. <laughs> the orange chicken was a popular choice. Yeah. I'm guessing the side dishes uh, leading up to it were probably unique to you. I was not the only one that had banana peppers. <laughs> You're the only one who doubled down with chili on top of it. I believe I was. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we even here if we're not eating chili and stuffed banana peppers you know, before our chili, orange chicken? A little cheese on it just kind of starts things off, doesn't it? I mean, it really sets I the mean, table it nice. could end things as well. It's like it's like getting that good six-yard run on first down. Like, all right, here we go. Uh, yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, there you Everything's going to work off Sorry. of this. Gives you a lot of options after that. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Pursuit, live from Steelers Training Camp. More to come. Uh, and uh, we're also going to talk a little Penguins this morning. Jason Mackey with a great uh, article on on Jake Gensel's off-season workouts and how he got uh, uh, a little bit of a uh, motivational uh, kick in the butt from uh, Coach Sullivan last year. And just the way he's preparing for this year, you might see a, not hulked up, maybe a little bit bigger Jake Gensel coming in, throwing some LBs on. He's been spanking the hippo in this off. <laughs> it's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show in Swickley Township. Uh, something <laughs> went down that was a little weird, so Channel 2 sent Ross Godotti. When things get naughty, send Ross Godotti. <laughs> <laughs> Gave him his tagline. So apparently uh, some guy, oh, you know, this, this woman's like, hey, look, we've seen a lot of weird stuff around uh, uh, these, parts. Around these yeah. parts. I mean, we've come across some crazy stuff because we were property managers. But then one day she looks outside last week. and Yeah, we heard. It's like somebody trying to get in the house. They were banging my front, my uh, screen door. All right, so her husband goes to the door. That's kind of scary. This isn't really a Yinzers in the news, by the way. This no. is just a news story, but it's not. We're not qualifying it for. This guy is probably a Yinzer, and he was in the news, but he didn't talk. Right. So when her husband opened the door, she noticed that there was something strange, or he noticed there was something strange about the guy's pants. I'm backwards. They're on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably just. He even them. had a belt on, but they were on backwards. <laughs> See, now that makes me think the belt buckle was front. Yes. Like, he had the belt on facing forward, but back pockets on his thighs. My dad is now wearing pants that look like that, but they're made to look like that. I, it's He's like, I got uh, my phone, a wallet. I can put all kinds of stuff in here. I'm like, but you look like this crazy I'm guy. backwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He even had a belt on, but they were on backwards. Jesus, this might have been my dad. <laughs> I hadn't considered that before. <laughs> or somebody that had just seen a crisscross video. Well, the, re- <laughs> the reason that I don't think it was my dad is because of what uh, occurred next. He had the plant holding it, and he was just eating my dead flowers <laughs> in the dirt. No, he was chowing. Chow- chowing. 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 On the plant. Yeah. 
you could see it. He had it half out of his mouth, and he was just eating away. But his <laughs> eyes were like real big. You could tell he was on real something. Big. Hey, hon, hon, there's some crazy loon out in the front yard eating a pack of Sandra. <laughs> Call Godotti. Call Ross Godotti. Someone's being naughty. <laughs> He's eating all the lilies. Well, then you do what you do in that predicament. Get off my property. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get off my property. Ah! You got any of that deer spray, hon? <laughs> so what did he do? The pants on backwards guy? Nothing. He just stood there. Just stood there. Then, you know, he decided uh, he would leave, but he's going to help himself to something. We have a old fan motor on the porch. And he went and he grabbed it. He was going to take it with them. Just some rando shows up on your porch, starts eating your dead flowers, grabs an old fan motor with his pants on backwards, and he's, he's going to take off. Interesting twist to the story. How far away was uh, was this guy going to go? Well, the cops were like, well, he's probably long gone. And I said, no, go two doors down. <laughs> and they went and he was there. Still with his pants on backwards. Yep. Yep. He lived two doors down. Still eating dead flowers. So they go and interview yep. his roommate, and his roommate's oh, like... Oh, he lives two doors yeah! down. Oh, I thought he was oh, just at I, someone's house yeah, two doors down. I thought he was like a goat, and he was just eating his Grand way down oh, the street. Right. <laughs> the guy's like, nah, he he lives here. He's He's got a drinking problem. Now, the thing is, this guy had a huge Confederate flag on his house. I don't know how he got mixed up. There's even a big Confederate flag calling him to the right porch. <laughs> but he went on the other one instead. So it would have been okay if he ate his own dead flowers. That's right. Okay. But you can't yeah. just go eating your neighbor's dead flowers. I, I would have looked at, at is that guy doing me a favor. Yeah, that's Polly yeah. the pruner. Took hey, we got some stuff out back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep you, going you got on. some brush we need you to clear away. Oh, yeah, you can thank Grant Parsons for that one. Now, he didn't write it, but... Just chowing just, away. <laughs> he was eating flowers all high, and Keith looked over, and he's like, I'll write a song about that. Now, that was when he was hanging out with Grant Parsons a lot. You can tell, you can hear the influence there. Uh, dead flowers from Sticky Fingers. Uh, yeah, apparently some guy in Swigley Township just started chomping dead flowers on his I neighbors. I mean, I've, I've hey. been pretty messed up at times. I never thought... You know what? I'm, I'm, I could go for some dead flowers. Anybody I never had else? my pants on backwards, Bill. <laughs> uh, I can't say that. You've had your you pants know, on backwards? I grew backwards? up in the 90s. I mean, at least in my house. I tried it on. I never I never did it. You experimented with the criss statement. crisscross? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Baseball jersey backwards. Everything backwards. And I was like, I can't pull this off. I'll get beat up. <laughs> Multiple times in a day. Oh, dude. I just can't do it. Do you think how how many dance moves do you think you've retained from that time? Like if you if I threw down cardboard right now, how much could you? <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. I mean, my, obviously, we my my lack of flexibility is well documented. I've tightened up in my later years. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of them. Yeah, but uh, uh, I could definitely bust out the Running Man. Uh, I would put mine up against anybody's. You could do more than that, though. Oh, yeah. Were you on a dance team? I mean, not uh, officially. What? <laughs> what was the I, name of your dance? What was the name? We didn't have I name. want video. I got to look something Did up. Did you have I a name have like some, Turbo honestly, or something? No, no, of course not. What was it? 
I didn't have one. Oh. <laughs> Nothing. But nice try there. Not that, like Turbo. That honestly might have tricked me out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't Turbo, you idiot. <laughs> it was White Lightning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was White the Lightning. First, the first rave I ever went to, me and my brother dressed up for it like it was Halloween. We both wore Adidas tracksuits, oh, yeah. which, by the way, are back in. And uh, I went to Home Depot and got a gold chain. Like, you know, oh those God. chains where you can like just, like, huge, hang baskets? Oh, my God. Like a huge oversized one. And I had a hood ornament that was a uh, a Mercedes-Benz emblem. That works great. <laughs> and a Kangol bucket hat. That's great if you're going to a rave oh, or yeah. hanging out with Russian mobsters. In, <laughs> That's right. Brooklyn. Kreischer. Yeah, <laughs> Bert Kreischer. I didn't realize when I went to this thing that, you know, I would completely and totally fit in. <laughs> what it's so alluring yeah yeah i mean it was just it was a halloween party every weekend yeah good times uh val what's going on val you never went to any raves right i have no. never been to a rave franklin didn't have uh, much of raves no we just had mm -mm. after basketball someone's got dances. a banjo in the holler who's <laughs> in the holler <laughs> this weekend what do you got next uh, we're going to talk about the things in your partner's sexual past that you want to know about. All right, anyways, Mike, what's, go <laughs> what's going on out Can there? Can I just say what you tweeted? Sure, go ahead. The okay. LAPD uh, is investigating a video of a man spanking a hippo at the Los Angeles Zoo. And Randy <laughs> tweeted and said, Lev <laughs> Bell is at it again. <laughs> and I just, the visual of it. There's a picture of the guy spanking the hippo. He's not feeding the geese. No, he's not feeding the geese. He's spanking the hippo. <laughs> you know why that's disgusting? Well, yeah, disgusting yeah, so many reasons. Yes, I, I mean, because, there's so many. Yeah. Because you Pick imagine one. somebody feeding the geese. Right. Yeah. On a nice little bench There's on a some, pond. Yeah. Some old guy. That's not what we're talking about. I know. It's how you feed them. I know. Yeah. But the image that, is like, oh. Take the hand motion and then I subtract the geese. I know what it is. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter with your news right now. On the DV Morning Show, what's going on, Valerie? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. For 11. It's 64 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. A man is in critical condition after being struck by lightning yesterday. It happened at Shenley Park, where a 45-year-old man was reportedly playing soccer. Bystanders resuscitated the man after that lightning strike, and he was taken to Presby for treatment. There was another bizarre incident yesterday involving an airplane just hours after a Utah man was let out of jail following a domestic violence incident. He commandeered a plane, a small plane, and crashed it into his own home, killing himself. Ah. Although the pilot, 47-year-old Dwayne Red Yod, died in the crash. His wife and son were able to escape the home without injuries. The elder Yod was arrested Sunday after allegedly assaulting his wife, but was bailed out a few hours later. Early Monday morning, he returned home with police to, quote-unquote, keep the peace and get a few personal items. After that, police think he went to the Spanish Fork Airport, took a small plane that belongs to the company he works for, and at approximately 2.40 a.m., he crashed the plane into the front of the house, setting off a fire. 
A new study says biking is the most beneficial mode of transportation when it comes to your mental health. The Barcelona Institute for Global Health found that it carries the greatest benefits, including better mental health and feeling less lonely and lower self-perceived stress. Cycling was tested against cars, motorcycles, public transportation, and walking. The second best mode of transportation for your mental health is walking. The thing is, is that you just have to make sure you're not using your wife's bike where the handlebars may or may not work. and There's you, no air in the tires. And there's no air in the tires and you pop the chain. Bill a tried bunch. to ride a, a bike to work one day and that was the condition of the bike. And he called me, he goes, can you, can you pick me up, dude? I'm on Green Tree Road. And I picked him up and I was like... Oh, uh, well, you know, whatever. We'll look at it afterwards. And then we tried to put air in the tires. And uh, I'm like, there's no air in the tire. You know, I had a pump in the back of my car. I'm like, dude. When you got on it. Nothing. I don't know how you rode it. When you um, got it on wasn't, it. It wasn't easy. You it, didn't realize that it was, there was no air in the tires. He kept no. saying, he's or like, this thing's just... got shocks. And I'm like, no, you were bouncing up and down on the, on the rims. On the tires. Yeah. It was like uh, pedaling a pogo stick. <laughs> Not easy. Wasn't great for my mental health. I got to be honest. Right. Early so, for maximum mental health benefit, put the put air in the tire. Have yeah. a bike that's in good shape. I always when I bike, like I'll bike Montour Trail or I'll go out on the Gap, and it's just funny to me how some people are like dialed in so much and they have headphones in and stuff. I could never have. I can't be listening to something else while mm, I'm doing it. Yeah. I rode a bike because I will. I I don't pay attention. To, I get lost in whatever I'm listening to, and I feel like you still have to kind of. Even though pay you're attention. even though you're on a path, yeah, you kind of have to pay attention a little bit. Two years ago, we went to Hilton Head, and there's bike paths oh, everywhere, yeah, all over the island. So the friend who uh, my friend Mike, we stayed at his house, and they had bikes there. So I rode a bike for the first time, and I bet thirty years. I was How like, awesome is it? <laughs> jiggling the handle. <laughs> Did you have one of those big beach cruisers with the wide handlebars? <laughs> I think that was, yeah. yeah. I had to stop anytime somebody was coming at me because I was afraid I would run into them. <laughs> like, I gotta get my feet under me on these wheels for a while first. Oh, I love riding so- bikes at Hilton Head. That's probably the best place. Yeah, because there are trails everywhere. Everywhere. You That's could great. go from the Salty Dog to the harbor and back. Very specific uh, references. I was going to say, to my mom's house. What? Are you putting money away for a rainy day? A new survey from LendEDU found 49% of millennials spend more money eating out than they do saving for retirement. I look at that as, you know, people that age are like, ah, I got lots of time to save. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out later. Those 49% spend about $163 a month going out to eat. The third, uh, 37% of survey respondents said they're not saving for retirement at all. <laughs> Those who are say they put about $480 a month away. According to the survey, here's what people spend their money on, which I think this number is way under. $38 a month on coffee. Yeah, way under. You could spend that probably in a week. For sure. If you go to Starbucks, 70 I'd probably buy a pound of coffee a week and it's like so that's ten much. bucks. Okay. It's a lot cheaper than doing it the other way. Seventy five a month on booze. Thirty nine a month on pot. <laughs> that's probably low for Randolo over there. It's well very- when you you pick up a round of drinks for people. You're going to spend well, that. And then yeah. drink them all yourself. And then <laughs> you drink them all yourself. 
Hey, where'd everyone go? And this is a very oh, specific number. $39 a month on marijuana. <laughs> How much? $39. Uh, Do yeah, populars I mean, sell by automatic? <laughs> it's not like 20 bucks, 40 50 whatever. $39 that'll be. Uh, I guess that's a little just an, more expensive than an eight. Unless cut. it's maybe places where it's legal recreationally. Did you see how much money Denver's made so far this year? I did not. Or Colorado. Something like $527 million. Yeah. Already. That's, they're that's making hundreds of millions of dollars in tax revenue from marijuana sales. Come I mean, on, it's Pennsylvania. Only ma- oh, it's only a matter Let's of time go. before Let's it get happens on board. here. It's only a matter of time. Get those roads and bridges fixed. <laughs> I mean, it'll happen slowly. Let's do a bake sale. Oh, yeah. A uh, pot brownie bake sale. Careful uh, on them. I'm telling you. Another. Uh, I always give the PSA. People think that edibles are the way to introduce themselves into the world of, you know what, I'll just have a nice chocolate brownie and I'll see what that if that makes me silly. And then they have a hallucination that scares them to the mm-hmm. to their very core. Well, if you're smart, you look at it like if you were going to drink booze for the first time, you wouldn't drink a whole bottle of rum. Just because it's a, a And you cookie. wouldn't do a ton of jello shots. But that's not how people look at it. They look at it like, well, that's one cookie. I'm going to eat a cookie. You and- don't eat a cookie? You probably shouldn't. No. But they have cookies where it's 10... Not as potent. Milligrams or whatever. Right. If you're... You just got to ask the person who's... When you go to those the bud tenders out there... Trust them. They'll tell you what you should do. Just ask them and then follow their instructions. That's all. Uh, 163 bucks a month on, a month on restaurants, 281 on groceries, $82 a month on clothing, 50 bucks on concerts, sporting events, and other events... $43 a month on tobacco and vaping products, which what's a pack of cigarettes, like 10 bucks now? I have no idea. Probably eight at least. $7 a month on streaming services, $23 a month on exercise. Seven on is, streaming? It's that's, cheap. That's, that's really... Yeah, that's nothing. It's really cheap. That's Hulu. <laughs> that's, I have Hulu, Netflix. I have Hulu and Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, I, I got Amazon. Amazon. Prime. Yep. Uh, do we have Jeremy Fowler on the line? We do. All right. Forecast today. Expect some rain, showers, maybe thunderstorms, temperatures in the upper 70s. We're at 65 at DVE. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler joining us right now from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Oh, All yeah. Right. Thanks for uh, for making time for us. So did you see the imposter the other day? <laughs> That's so funny. I've, I've only seen the pictures. I saw him, like, leaving... Uh, Barely, like as, as sailing off beautifully, and so the photographers around the area from the newspaper said, "You hear about what happened?" And I was talking to somebody and just kind of doing my normal notes, you know. Then I walk over, and, and like, he's just gone. And I was just like, "Man, I wish I would have seen the glory of all this." You know, he and looked. Then, uh, he looked like he might have been a football player at one point. Yeah, yeah. He looked. You know, he had the six pack going, and and he had like the. I don't know what the jersey was. He, he should have came a little stronger with the jersey. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that was a little. And maybe a different number, not Troy's. Diff- yeah, not Troy. Yeah, not you can't wear Troy. Um, yeah, <laughs> you can't wear the impression wear number twelve. Certain jerseys you shouldn't wear. <laughs> yeah, but if you could talk to any of the uh, head honchos there at ESPN, I think that would be a great thirty for thirty subject going forward. I like it. I'm going to submit that uh, to the editing team over there. No doubt. Yeah, fake Troy. 
I like it. Quest for glory. Uh, all right, so I, Antonio Brown had a bit of a meltdown yesterday after practice. He's limping off the field. Uh, Hall of Fame reporter Ed Bouchette tweets out that he was limping off the field. I, I guess this is a two-part question. One, was he actually limping? And two, does this have any effect on the collective media there at St. Vincent? So the first part, I, I didn't personally see him limping. When, when I saw him, he looked comfortable. Um you know, moving around, even when he wasn't practicing, he was dancing and doing kind of his normal, you know, hey, I may be routine. Um, And and so I I didn't see anything. It's very possible that there was another moment that that I didn't see where he looked like he was limping. Um, You know, from what I was told, that moment was when A.B. was going to the bathroom. So maybe there was something there that maybe he walked funny, or maybe he did limp. I don't know, but I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything else tweeted out. You think he um, might have that, been gingerly walking, taking care of an impending <laughs> bathroom situation? That was his pee water. I yeah, I mean, any, anything's possible here at Steelers training camp. So yeah, I, I don't know. I was, but you know, I was just trying to watch him, and he looked fine. I mean, he is dealing with something certainly in his leg. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, Thomas even said he's going to manage his workload and all that. So, um, you know, there's something there. It just, it's, you know, it's like uh, Antonio Brown, obviously, at our shop and in other places. And you hear the word limp, and, and the sound alarms go off. So um, certainly, you know, I was getting calls and what's going on with AB. And so you know, we're trying to find that out. And it was sort of a chaotic uh, hour or so. And so AB was walking up. I tried to stop him. And I think he look, looked like he – and then he saw the media throng over there and looked like he thought about talking and then talked to a PR staffer and then just sort of walked out. And he saw Ed and said something to him, and, and that was it. So, I don't, I don't, you know, it was, it was just sort of a, an odd sequence. So, uh, but but the meltdown where he takes on Bouchette there and calls him a clown. There seems to be this seems to be a trend in the NFL in the preseason camps. This is, I think, the third or fourth yeah. uh, uh, athlete who's attacked a member of the media. Why do you think that this is happening? Well, I, it's it's sort of like a, a rite of passage almost. I mean, this is this is what happens. It's just different now because it's not. It could be on social media. It's just well documented, but um, you know there it, it's conflicts with the media and players and coaches get frustrated is something that's gone until the end of time. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had an instance with Urban yeah. Meyer about a decade ago in Florida, um, but it was on YouTube. You know, so it, these things do happen. Um, you know, it's, Ryan it's Leaf and obvious. and other people like that having uh, you know very epic sort of uh, uh, well known blow ups at reporters in the past as well. Right. You know, it was surprising that it happened with, you know, Hall of Famer, like Edward Shed's literally in the Hall of Fame, um, doing it forever. So, just, you know, I was just a little, you weren't expecting that. Um, and, you know, but they, they didn't have any sort of blowout. The blowout was on social media, I guess, was what he tweeted. So, um, I, I don't know why it's happening more now. I think it's just because it's more, it's more documented. Um, these guys have an instant voice on social media that they can throw out there to, to follow up. And then mm-hmm. you know, it's, they're also seeing all these phone cameras. Like in the case of uh, Jacksonville with Jalen Ramsey, the media there, you know, they're allowed to film what's going on at practice, but everybody has a phone to film it. So you might see all that and it might freak you out a little bit. So, you know, maybe that's why he responded and then rightly got suspended. You know, so it's, it's good when you see a team take action as well when somebody's not professional. Jeremy, what did Urban Meyer go off on you about? Well, it was back in the day, but it was, you know, I was covering the Florida Gators and, uh, you know, I, I quoted a player uh, who was 
comparing Tim Tebow with the new quarterback. Tebow was gone, and he, um, you know, he was comparing the two, and, and it, it came across as possibly him meaning that, uh, you know, one that this new guy was more of like a drop back traditional passer, and Tebow wasn't. But it came across wrong that he was saying that, that Tebow wasn't a, a good enough quarterback, and it was. I don't know. I think Urban took that the wrong way, and um, he didn't like the way that I had reported or, or provided, you know, enough context around that quote. So uh, I think he was sticking up for the kids. He, he came after me a little bit, and we had an incident. But you know, it got resolved, and, and that, that does happen. I mean, you know, coaches get upset with coverage sometimes, and they let it be known. And I think that's good. I think conflict can be good in that case. Well, possibly A.B. Uh, a little frustrated because he hasn't been able to get on the field. And he finally gets back into practice mode. Uh, and uh, maybe, you know, he, he's just a little frustrated with uh, a slowdown in progress one way or another. You uh, wrote a column about how his work ethic really has sort of bled over to everybody else there, a lead-by-example kind of guy. But one thing that, that I don't know if we put enough stock in is how good he can make the secondary and Joe Hayden spoke to what it's like to cover AB in practice every day. Yeah, trying to kind of document what it's like with these guys when they battle out here. You got Joe Hayden, Artie Burns, and they, you know, Cam Sutton, and they sort of take turns on this guy. And, and you know, he's so good he can make you lose your job. I mean, that mm-hmm. sort of happened with Russ Cockrell last year. Uh, Cockrell said he wanted to guard him, and then next thing you know, AB's calling out too easy, too easy, and it's calling for Artie Burns to come back on him. And so that's not the reason why Cockrell got. Uh, cut last year or traded last year, but yeah, too easy is not a good moniker to have. That's a, that's a bad camp nickname. <laughs> that's a bad camp nickname. Yeah, but it sort of brings some to the point. Like, what's it like to guard this guy, and how much license does he you have to pull and yank him and, and to try to make it difficult for him? And, and the cornerbacks I say say that, that he's great with that. He wants you to be really physical with him as long as you know he's going to be physical back. And so they say that makes everybody better. And you know they, this. Secondary has been getting a good bit of interceptions this camp. Not not usually on AB. I mean, he had his way with them in the one on ones the other day, which is sort of a slanted drill for the receiver, anyways. But you know, he, he puts on the show out here, and the, the cornerbacks try to be a part of that show, and so it's kind of a fun dynamic. So uh, another thing de- defensively that the uh, Steelers are hoping for is a big return to form for Stephon Tua. What have you seen from him so far in camp this year? Well, he looks healthy. Which is, which is a start. He really played to that torn up all year. I mean, he came out week one last year, looked great for the first couple of plays, and then got hurt. And so, you know, he's a guy that they are paying like Cam Hayward because they feel like he can eventually produce like Cam Hayward. And so if you have two guys like that, um, it, it, it's going to be vicious as a defensive end tandem, you know, really one of the best in the league right now going into the season. So, you know, he looks explosive off the ball. I mean, you know, he, he missed a little bit of time with an illness uh, yesterday, but he'll be back. And um, he, he's just one of those freaky guys, 300 pounds, but he, you know, he bolts downfield, chases running backs down. Um, so he's just got to put together the production. You haven't seen it consistently, you know, with the sack numbers, but he can do it. I mean, the, the ability's there. What about Ola? I always screw up his last name, but uh, a lot of people are impressed with what this kid can do, and he made an impact in a preseason game, you know, and not exactly against the world champion starters in that Eagles uh, matchup last right. week, but, you know, they, he did what they asked him to do immediately. Right. It's, you know, really, you have some of these guys on the bubble of the roster there at linebacker. He's one of them, three right now. you got Keon Adams, a former draft pick, and, and he really probably. 
is out playing some people right now. It's early, but um, mm. you know we'll see how he responds Thursday night. But you know, he's got a nice, quick first step from what it looks like. He's a young guy. So I still think he's probably a project. I think ideally, right. if they could get him on the practice squad, that'd be their preference. But on that goes, sometimes you try to cut a guy and bring him back. Somebody else picks him up, and so they have to weigh over the next few weeks who's worth keeping and who's worth trying to slide in into the practice squad. Um, so, but I, I think he's a guy they want to invest in and, and, and develop and see how it goes. Number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, some are saying his best camp so far. I don't know how you quantify that, essentially. What right. are you seeing out of seven? I mean, he, you know, he, obviously the, the weight loss looks good. He's throwing the ball really well. Um, you know, it's, I mean, last year he, he told me he had no interceptions in, in training camp. I know this year he's had a few. So if you measure by that, then it's <laughs> not his best camp ever. But, um, you know, he, he certainly they, – and they've struggled a little bit at the goal line. You know, they had the seven shots drill. Yeah. And, you know, some, sometimes the offense has struggled. They got shut out the other day. So I wouldn't call it a perfect camp, but a, a very good camp because, he you know, he looks – you're not going to overreact over a few plays with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's ready to play, you know. So mm-hmm. he, he's been really involved in the receivers. You've seen him, you know, bark at him when he needs to, take him off to the side and talk to him when you need to. So he's really – with Antonio Brown being out, missing time, he's really tried to, uh, which he usually does, but invest time in these guys uh, and develop some of these younger players. And, you know, I mean, the arm looks as strong as ever. Did you watch the uh, episode one of Hard Knocks yet? I watched a little bit of it back yesterday, actually, yeah, so I have seen most of it. It's. I am fascinated with it, you know, because the Browns – you know, as a Steeler fan, we always want to know what's going on behind enemy lines over there. No matter how bad they are, there'll still be at least hints of the yeah. rivalry that, that once were. But they're going to be good one of these years. It might be. They, look, they might not stink this year, but it fascinates me that they would put on camera an argument between coaches where fundamentally assistants are calling out the head coach on camera, saying, "What are you doing?" I don't know if you saw the Todd Haley uh, interaction. Did, yeah. yeah, nobody's practicing. Do you think that that's that's just that's typical of coaching dynamics, and it just looked like it was more uh, severe because of the the record of the Browns the past two years? Yeah, I mean it's it certainly uh, magnified by that because these talks happen. You know, coaches do disagree, uh, especially over this kind of thing. You know, because the assistant coaches always want the players out there when they're not. That you know they sort of uh, they sort of freak out a little bit, but. You got the Haley dynamic. I mean, Todd Haley is he's a lightning rod, you know, and, and mm-hmm. really he's a very good coach for that reason. He pushes down hard, he challenges him, and, and he did a very good job in Pittsburgh. But uh, he's going to let it be known how he feels. That's Todd Haley. When he said that, it was, it was pretty much spot on Todd Haley. And, uh, you know, so you're going to get that, and it, it can create some conflict sometimes. You know, Hugh Jackson tried to sort of diffuse it. But I thought what was funny was, you know, he was saying, when you guys. When my, if you were in my seat as a head coach, you'd understand, but you had like three head coaches in that room. You yeah. Know, <laughs> Greg, Greg Williams, defense coordinator. So that was a little funny to me where I could see they'd be like, what's that about? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what it's like. <laughs> oh, wait, we've done it. I don't know. I think Todd Haley's positioning himself for a head coach coup before the season's over. That's my conspiracy theory as a Steeler fan watching what's going on up there. So I'm going to stick with that because that's more fun. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, look, if they had, if it came to that, Jackson's won one game in two years. If they start 0-6, I would think he would be the at least the interim coach. Right. So, that makes sense.
Uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. Hey, thanks for your time this morning, Jeremy. We appreciate stuff, it. man. Anytime. Guys. Okay. Thank you. We'll see you. Mike Pursuta live from Steelers Training Camp. More to come. Also, we're going to talk a little Penguins with Jason Mackey this morning. And uh, I want to remind you, Steelers, Packers, Thursday night, 8 o'clock kickoff, 4 o'clock. The coverage starts here on the flagship of the Black and Gold 102.5. Difference. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now. St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Mike, take it away. Sports this hour is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Let's check in with the number one pick this hour, Terrell Edmonds, who has uh, done nothing but impress really since OTAs, and he continues to do that out here at St. Vincent College. Uh, Terrell Edmonds uh, filling in again uh, with the number one defense yesterday because Sean Davis was one of uh, a small army of guys who did not practice for a variety of reasons, either a minor injury or maintenance, day off, illness, what have you. Uh, Davis has missed uh, some significant time, and uh, when he has, uh, Edmonds has gone in. Uh, the interesting thing about it is that Edmonds plays strong safety. Sean Davis is normally the free safety. Morgan Burnett switches to free safety when Edmonds is in playing strong safety. They haven't overwhelmed Edmonds. They're doing a lot of different things on defense, and we've heard a lot about how versatile they're going to be on the back end, and we heard a lot when Edmonds was drafted about how he could be that hybrid type of player that can play the uh, exotic defenses that ask defensive backs to do linebacker type things. But so far, at least, uh, they're they're slow and steady on Edmonds. They want to get him fully prepared at one position before they risk putting too much on his plate. But uh, he is out there. He's out there in a lot of situations, including in that uh, 7 DBs package. That one uh, features... Uh, Burnett playing a linebacker-type role and Edmonds playing strong safety. And uh, Terrell Edmonds is the guy who's done this before in college, and he's a guy who uh, likes uh, the idea of doing it here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we heard from Cam Hayward today talk about this importance of still being able to stop the run when seven DBs are on the field, and Terrell Edmonds uh, doesn't see any reason why the Steelers can't. Hopefully it's going to be nice. So we got to just go out there. We got to continue practice on it, get better at it, and hopefully everything turns out to be well. Are you worried that the teams will run on it? No, sir, not worried at all because we still have uh, seven DBs in the game. We still can make tackles too. Yeah, Terrell Edmonds, uh, a big physical guy who will be counted on to make tackles. Uh, as uh, a pretty much strong safety only, uh, he's challenged not only to make tackles but uh, to cover tight ends. Right now, I'm just guarding mostly the tight ends most of the time. So it's, I wouldn't say it's an easier easier task because in the NFL they're bigger, they're faster, and they're, they're athletes too. So, but in college it was a little bit tougher guarding the slots over the tight ends. You see that as maybe part of your role? You're going to be a, a tight end guy. Um, wherever they put me, whoever they put me to guard, I'm gonna just go out there and play my game. It's nice because I'm a bigger guy too. I, I feel as if I can run with them, and then um, just having the guys behind me like Morgan and Sean back there deep and just knowing that they got me over top that's that's a big help too now uh we know uh from watching the Steelers over the years that they occasionally struggle covering the tight end right or don't even cover him at all <laughs> there's one guy in particular that they seem to have a, a trouble with and uh you know that guy's on the schedule this year uh I know it's uh it's taboo to uh, talk about anybody but Cleveland with the Browns being uh, the season opening game uh, on on uh, September the 9th. But, uh, you know, the Patriots are on the schedule. And uh, that being the case, I had to ask Terrell Edmonds if he wanted a shot at Rob Gronkowski. 
Hopefully so. Whenever, wherever they put me, if it's me, SD, or Morgan, whoever they put on them, hopefully we can go out there and play our game. Kid doesn't lack confidence, and he's still dropping mm. the yes sirs and the no sirs all the time. I, I love, love that. this kid. Mm, yeah, too. there's really a lot to like about it. Just the way he works out there, the way he carries himself. And uh, Mike, isn't he? He's super smart. That he's always got his head in his playbook. Like, they, didn't people catch him in the lunchroom just like studying the plays? Like, he's really trying to figure this whole thing out. Yeah, football family. It really means something to him, and uh, a lot to like about uh, that number one pick. Uh, Steelers' uh, last public practice today, and then uh, walk through tomorrow, and it's on to Green Bay for preseason game number two. Thursday night. Pirates get back in action tonight in Minnesota. Jamison Tyone against Jake Odorizzi. Jamison Tyone will be his 24th start of the season. The last one was a complete game win in Colorado. He has uh, allowed three earned runs or fewer in 13 consecutive starts and 20 of 23 overall. I'm excited to uh, see James Washington in action. Uh, The report from it seems like he was really the star of camp yesterday and just is... uh, kind of uh, dropping jaws all camp long. It, yeah, I don't I think mean, yesterday was anything special. It's it's what he's been doing. Now, is he going to start doing it in the first quarter instead of the third? Is he going to do it with Ben throwing to him? Well, not I mean not Thursday night, but are, are they going to get him in there um mm-hmm. you know, yesterday uh pretty decent example of what's been going on out here. Uh seven shots and uh, Antonio Brown is not participating in the 11-on-11 stuff. He just did individual work. So the the three receivers with Landry Jones to start seven shots were Darius Hayward Bay, Marcus Tucker, and Justin Hunter. Hmm. And I think Washington's better than all three of those guys. And I think they do too, but as we've heard from Daryl Drake today, the wide receivers coach, they are bringing him along. Slow roasting him. they're They're trying not to hand him anything. They want him to earn what he gets, but... Uh, the line from Daryl Drake was, you'll see James Washington. I love the kid. More from Mike Pursuit at Steelers Training Camp next hour. Val has news coming up at 9. Don't let anybody tell you those tattoos are going to keep you from getting a good job. Also, we'll check in with Jason Mackey. An update on what's going on off season for your Pittsburgh Penguins. It's the DV Morning Show. There's a new version of the $20,000 pyramid out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I caught a, a clip of it the other night. Just Mike, walking past the television. Mike Strahan, Michael Strahan, he is the host of this one. Mm-hmm. He's and the host of everything. So the other night, this guy's on there, and he tweeted out this whole story. He is paired up with former SNLer Tim Meadows. All right? Ladies, man. They are in the finals round. Now, the guy who did it, who, or the, who was the contestant, is in the explanation chair not the guessing chair all right so he's got to explain to the celebrity he's got to get him to say the you know things that are blah 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 all right except so it's a hundred thousand dollar pyramid by the way twenty thousand was like that's chump for inflation yeah (laughs) so the first answer in the finals round was people's people whose last name is obama and this guy evan all right Here's what he had. He thinks really hard about it. Evan and Tim for $50,000. Here's your first subject. Go. People whose last name is Obama. Bin Laden. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. 
Uh, he tried to tweet out an explanation, and he's like, "I'm not racist." It's uh, which I don't even know why he would think that's racist. I think it's just good news is he's been hired by Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> he said he 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 couldn't think of any other Obamas other than Barack in the moment. Which I don't know. Just say Barack. Yeah, just say yeah. Barack Michelle. Right, Barack Malia. Malia. Right. What's the other, the one? other one? And he said so. The dog. Bo. Bo. Uh, and then Sasha. He, so, yeah. Yeah. He said, my brain decided who's associated with Bo- Obama. Who did he kill? What sounds like Obama? And so he said Bin Laden just because he was totally nervous. He got $8,500 in winning. Winnings, rather. Yeah, they actually didn't lose that round. He corrected himself and right they the got ship. stumped on a different question. Yes. But uh, pretty awkward. <laughs> you ever have that where there's like deep embedded racism in mm-hmm. somebody that you're playing a game with? Because that happened to me. You ever remember the game Catchphrase? Yeah. Uh, we were playing this game and, and I had, you know, it's basically you have this disc that has, uh, it's the pyramid game except mm-hmm. it's like hot potato. The buzzer goes off and you have it, then you lose. And what's going around and I go, oh God, I get... I get Starbucks, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay. There's uh, there's one of these on every corner, and my buddy's like Mexicans. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, Starbucks. I don't want to play this game anymore. So, but the only reason that humans are the ones with the chin is cooking. Uh, apparently, humans figured out how to cook food to make it soft, so we evolved away from having big teeth and strong jaws, and we developed chins. Hold on. Hold on. So the cavemen have no chins? No. I um, just Googled animals with chins. You're just going to say, well, don't apes have chins? I don't know. Well, doesn't a gorilla yeah, have a chin? Yeah, I think they do, no, right? No, it goes, it goes, it goes straight down. They used to call okay. me in high school. Gorilla chin? Old gorilla chin. <laughs> Gorilla Chin Crawford. <laughs> Sounds like a Grimm's fairy tale. <laughs> and then Gorilla Chin came to town. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Gorilla Chin Chin. Julie Grant there, who's uh, filling in for Val last Friday. See, Val, you leave and we talk about Gorilla Chins. <laughs> we talk about much worse when I'm here. You're probably right. That's right. <laughs> Which is why we're glad you're back. Do your worst. Do your bidding, woman. Where is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 11. 67 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. If you're planning a Florida vacation in the weeks to come, Southwest Florida and the Tampa Bay area are under a state of emergency because of what Governor Rick Scott calls the devastating impacts of red tide. The executive order issued yesterday by the governor covers Collier, Lee, Charlotte, Sarasota, Manatee, Hillsborough, and Pinellas counties. The declaration enables more funding for beach cleanup as well as scientific resources to combat the algae bloom that has killed millions of fish along with turtles and about 11 dolphins. It's also causing respiratory irritation for beachgoers. Uber, one step closer to getting its fleet of flying cars off the ground. Last year, Uber unveiled its future plan for flying taxis. Now the ride-hailing company's aviation program, Uber Air, is teaming up with the University of Texas and the U.S. Army Research Lab to make that a reality. 
The team will design new rotor technology that's designed to help the vehicles take flight with cruising altitudes of 1,000 to 2,000 feet and speeds up to 200 miles per hour. The collaboration is expected to take about 18 months. Uber says testing will follow shortly afterwards in Dallas and L.A., and riders could potentially use the service by 2023. Now, are they going to train pilots for this? Because I, nah. don't, I don't want Janine from Dormont picking me up in a flying car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little skeptical of a part-time pilot. <laughs> I, just, you know what I, mean? I just got off work at the mill, and, uh, yeah. and now I'm just going to fly yeah, people around for a few hours. Fly around. A couple extra bucks. I yeah. hate flying drunk people around, honestly. <laughs> if one more person pukes out my window, I swear to goodness. You just barf out, just just barf on a street or something. Not in my plane. World Imagine War II. This, uh, the idea, like, even the self-driving stuff, it's just... Yeah, it's too much. I mean, in I, week one, they killed someone. Which, if you have a per... What is the, what is the ultimate goal of the self-driving vehicle? For it to be safer for everybody because they will have sensors and they will drive at a slower speed i'm guessing but like, it, it requires all cars to be self-driving right in order for it to I, bear out as being I, more more safe than what we're doing right now so yes. they all have to be that way it's total Not, recall yeah i mean that's my understanding of it is that you know you wouldn't have any speeding you wouldn't have any drunk self-drivers because you know a computer can't get drunk I know smarter people than me have already figured out that, like, uh, no matter how much I say that'll never happen, it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen. But I still can't wrap my head around that one. But will we have the opportunity to avoid it like the self-checkout line at the grocery store? Maybe. There might be just, like, like HOV lanes dedicated to only like self-driving cars. Yeah. So I don't have to participate if I don't want to. You know, and then I always see something when I say... That I don't want to do the self-checkout line because it's costing somebody their job. I want to make sure that I'm going to the checkout so people can keep their jobs in the checkout lines. Someone will say, yeah, but you realize by doing the automation, you are actually creating more jobs through automation. Prove it. That's what I said. I'm like, I can't. I don't know that. I mean, probably the main reason that I don't do the self-checkout is because I don't work there. <laughs> right. That's probably my Plus, main reason. Do you bag your own groceries or do you make them do it all? No, no. I, I go, yeah, I want I want human interaction. What? So you bag them or you like... No, I don't bag them. I do it because I, I want to expedite things. Yeah, I never want to be the person holding up the line. Plus, I think they get screwed by not getting baggers. Yes. And then they got to do yeah. everything. My grocery store has baggers. Sometimes they random. Like, they'll have two baggers <laughs> running the whole length of the store. Yeah. Rovers. It's like uh, Lucy on the conveyor belt. <laughs> right. They start speeding it up. Yeah, trying to keep it from falling oh, on the floor. Well, wow, that's why our giant eagle, the the uh, uh, curbside, is so great. Spectacular, yeah. Yeah, because you could just, it's already done for you, buddy. You don't have to make any it. of those decisions. Perfect. Pull up and it's right there. Does a robot bring it out <sighs> to you? Yes. <laughs> World War II enthusiasts will be able to take a closer look at several warplanes this week in Washington County. Three enthusiast is a fun word to use when talking about war. Like, <laughs> oh, World War II! Yay! I just picture somebody who's just giddy about it. 
Three bombers and a fighter plane (laughs) arrived at the Washington County Airport yesterday as part of the Wings of Freedom Living History Tour. The planes will be available for tours today through Thursday with a limited number of tickets offered for flights aboard the aircraft. I think my uncle would have classified as as a World War II enthusiast. He was just completely and totally obsessed with that war and just learning all the intricacies, all of the different aircrafts, everything. Pursuit is a lot like that he, as well. He liked, I don't know about the actual hardware, but he definitely is uh, enamored with the, uh, the the history and the strategy of it all. Mm-hmm. According to a new study from the University of Miami, tattoos do not have an effect on your ability to get a job or on your salary. Even neck ones? Researchers found that hiring managers and customers have softened on their attitudes toward tattoos, and now they're doesn't really seem to be any connection with ink and income range, employment status, or level of education. And it doesn't even matter if tattoos are visible. Seems people these days F don't it. don't really no. have any issue with people being tatted up. Which it seems to be pretty popular in the uh, service industry, especially with chefs. Oh, yeah, you have They're to be really tatted Lord, up. Yeah. If you don't have tattoos and you're a chef, you feel out of place. Barbers are tatted up now. Everybody is tatted up. Yeah. There was a day when people would say that, oh, nice neck tattoo. You're never going to work in a bank. Now it's like literally the guy giving you a loan is like, I'll be right back after I get another neck tattoo. <laughs> he's getting a neck tattoo while he's yeah, reviewing your finances. Well, I've been checking over your credit history. <laughs> I'm getting some praying hands on the back of my neck. Sorry. Hold on one second. As long as it's not a teardrop, you're in good shape. <laughs> Pearl Jam's two hometown shows in Seattle last week are responsible for raising $11 million to help fight homelessness. The two concerts at Seattle's Safeco Field had been organized by the band to unite the community to help alleviate homelessness in the city of Seattle. The money will be distributed among dozens of local charities working to provide shelter and food to the city's homeless population. Demi Lovato almost died because she freebased oxycodone that was laced with fentanyl. Oh, what? my God. TMZ reports details from the night of her near-fatal overdose after partying all night in West Hollywood. She texted her drug dealer at four in the morning. He got to her house with the dirty oxy that he bought in Mexico. A source told TMZ the pair freebased oxycodone on tinfoil. Oh, man. Uh, Addicts will often turn to freebasing, which concentrates the drug to produce a more intense high, but the dealer ditched her when he noticed signs of trouble. It's a wonder she didn't die because she laid there for six hours till her oh my god uh, her assistant found her unconscious uh, she used a dar- dose of narcan to save her life apparently demi had uh, relapsed about 4 months ago back in april so her assistant just had narcan hanging well, around already you know her rehab treatment may take another 4 months as well a source told e news the chicago psychiatrist convinced demi to commit to several months of an extensive program so Hope for the best for her. Finally, the cause of death for Facts of Life actress Charlotte Ray being revealed. TMZ reports her death certificate states she passed away after going into cardiac arrest. She was also suffering from salivary gland cancer at the time. Ray is best known for being Mrs. Garrett in Facts of Life. She was 92 years old when she passed, uh, dying on August 15th at her Los Angeles area home. Natalie and Tootie were at the memorial service but no word on whether lisa welshall or nancy mckeon were there i'm guessing if they were it would have been mentioned 
Joe didn't show up. Yes. So Joe and Blair, MIA. Joe, Joe pulling the up. check. Was George Clooney there? Uh, I did not hear of. He was on there too. That's right. That is. That's. Uh, that's where he got his start. I forgot about that. And he was on a show called ER that was a sitcom before the drama ER. Never heard of it. Totally true. And Roseanne. That's true, too. This is just turned into more about George Clooney <laughs> than poor Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Forecast today, showers and thunderstorms, possible temperatures around 80 and 67 at DVE. Here's Frank Caliendo singing the Different Strokes theme. I like the pronunciation. <laughs> Eat him just one dram. One dram would not be right for you, would not be right for Sam. A man is born, he's a man with three. Then the room comes to, they got nothing but the G. Different strokes it takes, different strokes it takes, different strokes to rule the world. Everyone's got a different kind of story. Everybody's got a little shy. Doesn't matter what you got. Not a lot. I have you got yours, and I got mine. And your gifts are even fine. Different strokes. Takes different strokes. It takes different strokes. It throws the world. You know what's funny is like halfway through, it kind of started becoming Trump, and I wanted to go into it, but I wanted to save the sound bite for later. Oh my god, uh, that'd be a great one. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one wall. What might be right for you may all be right for all. A man was born. He's a man with green. <laughs> <laughs> and then along come casinos and there's be nothing like you've ever seen because I've got different strokes you got different strokes it takes a different stroke to rule the world everybody's right. got a band on different countries <laughs> I'll find a way to protect you. Oh, oh, oh. Doesn't matter what you want. Not a lot. Uh huh. <laughs> because these are the guys who are going to take the fall. There you go. And I'm going to save us all. I rhymed with all with all. I'm the number one rhymer. Nobody's ever rhymed anything Believe as, as well. Even oh. Aesop had no chance. Aesop. Him and, his, him and his fake news fables. Wait, fake fables? Aesop and his fables. They're the fakest fables. None of those ever happened. There was no, there, there was yeah. nobody pulling a thorn from a lion's paw. That no. didn't happen. Try to get close to a lion, and I've done this many times. I've gotten close to a lion. You can't pull the, the thorn out. It's just Aesop, someone I would not believe. If no. he's telling a story, Don't it's not it. true. It's, it's well, not true. I mean, fable, by definition... Is something fake news? Right. Fake news. <laughs> it's a fable. It, you know who else? Another one bothered me a ton with over there on CNN, the Brothers Grimm. No, well, the brothers, <laughs> their show comes on right after Anderson Cooper, and I, Anderson Cooper's bad enough. But when the Grimm brothers get talking, listen, that's some type of debate show, and I don't can't believe it's, it. It's unbelievable. Well, have you have, have you kissed sleeping women and had a different result? Is that the well? I'll tell you what I've done, it, and they wake up and they're princesses. They really are. Yeah. Some of them even become part of this country. I see. That's. There was a time. There was a time where I I. I grew a beard for an incredibly long amount of time, and I can't remember what this fable actually is. Trumple Silskin? Trumple Silskin. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, that's not happening. That was tremendous. You, the timing was good, though. You killed it. You, you, you did it great. I felt like it needed it. You, you, you got Cheers. it. You got there. It was going to take a long time to get to it. But. <laughs> Frank Caliendo on the show. Um, you know what? I got to call him because uh, last year he just came on every week for the football season. Oh yeah, do you remember right. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like he calls and he just like didn't stop every week. He just kept rebooking. It's just so much fun to talk to Frank, uh, and he's due for a, a, a visit back here again. So we'll have to give him a shout. Uh, on the line right now from the Post Gazette's our friend Jason Mackey. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. I don't know how the heck I'm supposed to follow that comedy. Business. Tough to I'm follow, uh, Caliendo. You know, we've been uh, paying so much attention to the Steelers and rooting on the Pirates as they uh, try and secure a wild card somehow. You know, they're still alive. But we've been neglecting our our, uh, our Penguins a little bit here as it is off season. we got another month or so before things really get cooking. But you had a really interesting story on Jake Gensel's off-season workout program and what he's doing to get better. Uh, the first of all, uh, how did you get him to talk about that story where Sullivan pulled him in and kind of gave him a dressing down? Yeah, um, well, it was a lot of fun going up uh, last week to see Jake and Matt Cullen as well. And, you know, I had heard about that sort of discussion um, all season. Um, and it was, uh, you know, in this job, you kind of hear things and file them away for an appropriate time. And we went up there and I just sort of brought it up to Jake and his dad, and I, I didn't know whether it was going to get shot down or whether they were going to kind of talk about it, and I, I brought it up to Jake, and he kind of talked about it being more of a confidence builder, and then I talked to his dad about it, and he kind of was a little bit more honest about Sullivan's demeanor and how it went down and, and whatever, and, you know, I, I don't want to overblow it, because I, I feel like that happened a little bit with the Kessel stuff. Sullivan does this all the time, you know, sort of meeting mm-hmm. honestly with players, but I think with Gensel, it really carried a lot of weight and, and getting his head screwed on a little bit straighter than it was. I didn't realize that uh, he might have been getting a little too big for his britches, as my grandmother would say. Yeah, that's <laughs> a yenzer term, but yeah, I mean, that sort of captures that he just, you know, a little bit of a big head, not not so much consistency, and it's funny, the cultural differences with, like, football, baseball, hockey, Gensel wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, he was just kind of like going out to eat more than they would have wanted, maybe going to the casino a little bit more than they would have wanted. I mean, none are illegal activities, but on the Penguins, it's just, you know, get in bed, asleep by nine, live your life (laughs) in sort of a boring way, and the Penguins just kind of wanted to nip that in the butt. So he's putting on muscle for the first time, or at least significant significant amounts of muscle, of muscle in the off season. What, what is he doing different? Yeah, I saw him, um, I guess it was last Monday, at like this Herb Brooks Foundation golf tournament. And honestly, within about 10 seconds of seeing the guy, he looked completely different or looked a lot different. Um, so he's doing some, some different things. He changed who he works out with, how he works out. Um, a lot of it, they're like um, multifaceted exercises. Like he can be working one part of his lower body and then another part of his upper body. Um, some of it is just, it has to do with time. He had about twice as long to work out. And so he spent, you know, probably six weeks, roughly just straight lifting, like worrying about adding mass and then sort of going on from there. So part of it's time, part of it's routine. Um, but I do think that he looks a lot different, feels a lot different, has a little bit more, uh, flexibility. Um, but again, when, when I think a lot of people see him for the first time, you'll notice just, a kid in his early 20s kind of filling out. You know, I don't want to say he looks 
like a man quite yet, but he's certainly getting along farther than he was last season. Jake and Bulk. Jake and Bulk. Jake and, bulk. Jake and Wait. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it, though. Yeah, and then he's lighting it up in this summer league he's a part of, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Beauty League, and it's the name is really awkward to like say and write and talk about, but um, it's a four-on-four league in Minnesota with a bunch of local pros, um, even some college kids. I had always wanted to see it and never had a chance or an excuse to get up there, and then this summer I finally did. We went two nights to it. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, um, and Gensel's just blowing it up. Like I'm just looking on Twitter before – you guys called and seeing he had a game-winning goal last night. Uh, he looks carrying the puck a lot, firing it. Looks really, really, really good. Uh, not that that's any sort of surprise, um, but it's right. a it's a cool, interesting four and four league that uh, I, honestly, like I could see coming here with as many kind of you know with the hockey boom going on here. Have it up in Cranberry, good way to like have a couple beers on a hot summer night and go into some air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think it may work and be interesting to see it tried here. I, uh, I'm wondering how this all went down with Cullen coming back here because originally his wife wanted them back in Minnesota. They wanted their family Go there. Home. That was a big part of it. Now all of a sudden he's going to come here. Was this like basically her saying uh, that was a bad idea? You're around all the time. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what, what do you get away for a year and I'll keep the kids in Minnesota? Like, what was the impetus for him deciding now it was okay to return to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I do wonder if, like, you injected the whole family with some, like, truth serum. You know, how much did you not like being around every day? Right. Anyway, no, (laughs) honestly, guys, I don't think it's any more complicated than Colin knows he wasn't very good last season, and I think that bugged him, and I don't think that he wanted to go out like that. Um, And at the same time, I think the Penguins realized what a huge loss he was for them. They just didn't have anybody with that sort of temperament. And so you know, Rutherford came calling. I, I don't think anybody else was calling on Cullen this, mo- or this, this morning, this summer. And it was a pretty easy deal to make. I mean, it's a low-risk move, and you give Cullen the opportunity to come back. And I know being up there, I asked him sort of like, do you have any regrets over the decision you made last summer? And he, he kind of didn't answer the question, but I think by not answering it, it sort of inferred that he had some regrets over how it went down. And so the sort of, you know, get a mulligan on that, I think he was more than willing to take it. And I do think that he fits a lot better with the Penguins than he did with the Wild last season. You'll see a different player. What makes this such a pivotal year for Gensel? Well, he's going to have arbitration rights for the first time next summer. He'll be a restricted for, well, he'll be a restricted free agent next summer, I should say it that way. Um, the Penguins want to lock this guy up long-term. I mean, that much is pretty obvious. Uh, they're going to have some stuff changing on their books, like Carl Hagelin comes off. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of some other uh, cap relief that they're going to get. But, I mean, it, it, in talking to the Penguins and Gensel's representation this summer, it was sort of, you know, we're going to get rust on this summer, and then we'll do Gensel next summer. And so he expects a big contract to come out next summer. I mean, I, t- technically they wouldn't have to. You know, they could string him along as a restricted free agent. But if he produces the way they think, there's really no point in that. So, I mean, there's a lot of money on the table for him to produce this summer and have a consistent year. I think he sees that. Um, and I also think it's just a point of pride, too. You know, you, you don't want to have those stretches. Mm-hmm. One, one goal in 19 games twice um, just looks kind of funky. And I think he wants to put that stuff behind him. What do you think he can produce? I mean, what, what, what is your view on, on the ceiling of his productivity? Yeah, I mean, I, at least 30 goals. I mean, I, you don't want to, like, 
lump crazy expectations on a kid, but geez, based on what he's done in the playoffs the past two years, he's going to spend the majority of his five on five time with Sidney Crosby. He should get a lot on the second power play, and if anybody goes down on the top power play, he's the first guy up. And so, you know, I, I, I wrote, I think in my 20 thoughts or something that like 30 goals may be a starting point, And I truly believe that, um, I wouldn't rule out 40 if he's able to deliver on everything that he, he thinks he can and has shown in spurts that he can. But you, you're a smart hockey player with that kind of shot. You're going to spend so much time next to Sid. Um, you know, right. I feel like they're just sort of scratching the surface with him. Jason Mackey, great stuff from Minnesota, and you should check out his column, uh, the 20 uh, thoughts about the Penguins there in the Post-Gazette, and the more specific uh, drill down on Jake Gensel and his offseason. Thanks as always, Jason. Appreciate your time. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, man. Mike Pursuta, live from Steelers Training Camp, when we come back here on DVE. DVE. Sports. Mike pursued a live from Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I'm here. Take it away. What's the zip code? I don't know. You think I know that after 32 years? F it, no. <laughs> what? What is it? We don't know. All right, we'll find it. Mm-mm. Go ahead. You give the sports. We'll find the zip. <laughs> Steelers uh, have their last public practice today here at one five six five zero. Okay, go ahead. Steelers have their last public practice here at St. Vincent College for 2018. Uh, a walkthrough tomorrow, and then everybody gets on a plane to Green Bay for preseason game number two Thursday night. Not sure uh, as of yet what role second-round wide receiver James Washington will play against the Packers, but his position coach, Daryl Drake, made it pretty clear to me yesterday that uh, by the time the regular season rolls around, James Washington is going to be front and center. He hasn't been that yet this preseason, but that has been by design. And we got a little computer blow up here. Let's uh, we'll snafu. We have a bad connection. See if we can reset. Uh, as I said, uh, James Washington has not been front and center, but guys, that's been by design. You know, you're going to see James Washington. You don't have to worry about that. You know, as long as he continues to progress and do what he's doing, you're going to see him, you know. So, uh, but at the same time, you know, you get guys like that, you don't want to anoint them right away. You want to make them appreciate the journey. You know, that's my philosophy. I'm teaching him to appreciate the journey. And as he's on this journey, the more he appreciates the journey, the harder he works each and every day to get a little bit better, to get a little bit better, to get a little bit better, to a little bit better. Don't want to anoint him. Let him appreciate the journey. And, and you know, he's going to be fine. I love the kid. Yeah, so no uh, no issues with uh, the way he's playing or the way he's working. Daryl Drake's an interesting guy. He is a veteran coach. He's been around a long time. He's worked a ton of places. And he has uh, what I perceive to be a unique approach with these guys. Uh, he's fun to listen to during the position drills because he tells them to catch the ball with your eyes. And he tells them, never look at the sideline. Feel the sideline. You know it's there. Uh, don't look down at it. Feel it. And just kind of a different, uh, you know, mental, uh, almost zen-like uh, approach to playing wide receiver. He talked a little bit uh, yesterday about why he coaches that way. When they take their eyes off the ball, ball's on the ground. You got to see it to catch it. You know, so I always tell them to catch it with your eyes, and those eyes are going to go to those hands. You know, getting on the sideline, a lot of times guys running sideline routes, 
they get worried about the sideline and they look down, take their eyes off the ball, ball's on the deck. Officials never going to call you inbounds if you drop it. So those, those <laughs> are just things in my mind that, you know, you just try to keep guys, uh, keep those things fresh on their mind, just fundamental things that uh, can help them down the road. He's also teaching them how to get away with offensive pass interference under the new point of emphasis. As I'm sure his colleagues across the league are doing. But uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch this year. Uh, what gets called and when and how much of it's going to go the other way on the offense as opposed to... Uh, I think the trend has been in recent seasons when you get in a real jam, just kind of chuck it up and hope you get that long pass interference penalty to bail you out. Right. But, uh, might be going the other way this year. Uh, let's hear now from Cam Hayward. Uh, a lot of talk on defense about the seven defensive backs sub package. They call that the dollar, but uh, that's just one of many deployments the Steelers are working on. If we have to go big nickel sometimes because we got less outside linebackers, we can do that. Um, three, seven DBs, one D lineman, you name it, we've got a package for it. Yeah, the big nickel, they were working on that yesterday. That's uh, a regular nickel, but instead of two outside linebackers, and two defensive linemen. They have three defensive linemen and one outside linebacker. Yesterday was a good day to work on that because it seemed like all they had available to practice was one outside linebacker. No Bud <laughs> Dupree, no T.J. Watt, no Anthony Ciccolo. Uh, it was kind of thin yesterday, uh, but they uh, still got their work in, and they're uh, still working on a variety of stuff. And uh, Cam Hayward says, hey, the more the merrier on defense. The more packages they can perfect, the better off they're going to be. I think he had some calls in that were pretty exotic, but I think Butts has tried to expand on it. You appreciate the diversity because I think we can run it, and it helps us to be good at it. I appreciate him referring to former defensive coordinator Dick LeBeau as Dickie. <laughs> Never heard that one before. And speaking of former coordinators, Mike Malarkey on the sideline. Yeah, yesterday. that was cool, man. It I love really him. I love him. Dude. He's such a good guy. Yeah, he came on uh, our show with us often. And, he was on uh, all the time when he was a tight ends coach and an offensive coordinator. And uh, it was uh, there was a great moment. Uh, he he spent time chatting with a lot of people. He's taking a year off. Uh, he didn't want to coach this year. Uh, he just kind of wants to chill and spend some time with the family. Uh, I would imagine he'll get back in it next year. But uh, he came up to visit, and uh, of course, Mike is friends with just about everybody. And he was talking at one point to Mike Munchak on the sideline, the Steelers offensive line coach. And mm-hmm. I think that set the St. Vincent College record for ex-Tennessee Titans head coaches at Steelers <laughs> camp. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure, but it might have. Might have. Pirates are playing in Minnesota tonight, guys. Uh, Jamison Tyone against Jake Odorizzi. Uh, Tyone's going to be making his 24th start of the season. His career high in starts is 25. That was last season. He's already pitched a career high 134 innings this season, but uh, he's pitching pretty well. Nine and eight, three point six three ERA. Odorizzi's four and seven, four point five zero. The Bucks are uh, eight back in the race for the division and five out in the wild card chase. And uh, just some other numbers to chew on. Uh, Trevor Williams uh, has made 23 starts. His career high was 25 last year. And uh, Joe Musgrove has made 13 starts. His career high was 15 last year. So if uh, things project out, uh, those three guys are all going to set career highs this year in starts and innings pitched. In other words, they're going to be asked to do things they have not done previously. Gotcha. Mike? So maybe taking a knee the other night wasn't the 
apocalyptic screw up everybody seems to be making right. it out to be. Yeah, that was uh, hopefully much ado about nothing. Um, Mike, appreciate it. We'll talk with you tomorrow, man. I'll be here. As we continue to uh, send good vibes and thoughts and prayers to Aretha, we'll celebrate her music. DBE. Aretha. So damn good. Wishing her peace. Oh, that's a crappy cut on that tune. Mm -hmm. Will you send a note to the chump at iHeart who is responsible for that, Val? Sure. Chump. Get right on it. (laughs) Um, Spooner Oldham on the keys on that one, which is uh, the recording of that song documented in the uh, Muscle Shoals documentary. Highly recommend you check that out. Um, The Cleveland Browns, Bud Light has a promotion this year. There are these huge coolers of Bud Light that say Cleveland Browns on them and they have a chain around them they're putting those in 10 bars around cleveland when the browns win their first regular season game they'll unlock the fridges and the beer inside is free to browns fans <laughs> oh wow that's great <laughs> how funny is that it looks like there's you know nobody's getting four any cases of, of beer in there yeah nobody's getting those beers i don't know man hopefully it's not week one they're gonna they're gonna be good at some point you know what? At some point, they have to be. I asked Jeremy Fowler about Ola earlier, whose last name I still can't pronounce. Um, but he, he's he been a star at camp on and off the field, and we'll explain when we come back. You won't want to miss this unbelievable impersonation that he was able to pull off. That's next. Mike Pursuta back with us here on the DVE Morning Show, an announcement uh, Steelers making uh, just a uh, few minutes ago. Mike? Yeah, they're not going to practice at St. Vincent today because of the wet conditions. It has been moved to uh, Memorial Stadium in Latrobe. It's basically the same neighborhood, different location. Still starts at 2.55, and it's still free and open to the public. Gates open at 1 p.m., according to the Steelers' Twitter, guys. All right, perfect. Is your show tonight, Mike? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, Last uh, live from Latrobe, uh, Bob Labriola will join me from Sharky's 7 to 9. The guest list includes... General Manager Kevin Colbert. Ooh. Bang. Good nice. news. So right. we're going to finish strong. Yeah, that's A-lister that's right there. That's how you do it, man. Mike. All right, Mike, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You know, yesterday at, uh, well, not yesterday at camp, but um, yesterday, Ola Adenyi posted the following. You know, the rookies always have to do a skit at camp. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's always uh, some kind of- Is that of, the talent uh, show? Talent yeah. show, yeah. And he, being of Nigerian descent- arranged to do a Black Panther monologue from the movie. He had all the rookies march out with him <laughs> like that one warrior tribe in uh, Black Panther. We are washed and listening from the mountains. We are washed with this dust as your technological advancement. <laughs> And now you want the animation over to this prince. Here was the scene he was doing. Mbaku, what are you doing here? It's challenge day. We have watched and listened from the mountains. We have watched with disgust as your technological advancements have been overseen by a child. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I think Rola did it better. What are you doing now? <laughs> we are washed and listening from the mountains. 
We have worked with this course as your technological advancement. Uh, and now you want the animation over to this place. That's so flawless. Good. Oh my god. Get off my property. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. The plant eating. Don't do that. The plant eating guy from earlier. Ola, I hope he makes a squad. Probably going to be a uh, practice squad guy, if anything. But uh, I like the fact that he's wearing ninety two. Me too. He looks the part. Yeah, it's kind of fun to watch him out there. Uh, It's tough to not think of uh, Aretha, and so let's think of Think. You listen to me. I love you, but I'm the man and you are the woman, and I'll make the decision concerning my life. You better think about what you're saying. You better think about the consequences of your actions. Shut up, woman. You better think. <laughs> oh, that's just so good. Blues Traveler. Or Blues Traveler. The Blues Brothers uh, scene with uh, Matt Guitar Murphy. Uh, Aretha is uh, in hospice care right now, and uh, friends and family are uh, telling the, the press that it's uh, imminent that she'll be passing on, and uh, oh, that is man. going to bring about some of the most uh, incredible remembrances. Tributes. And tributes, yeah. You know, someone tweeted out uh, a link to. A performance she did at the Grammys, I think in 1998, or maybe it was 88, where Luciana Pavarotti was supposed to do this, I don't know, some some piece from an opera, and two hours before the show, he bagged. And he was like, nah, yep, can't do it for whatever reason. I don't need, you know, frog in his throat or whatever. And Aretha stepped up and did it with two hours notice. It's like an Incredible. opera. Just insane. Uh, okay, that's it for today. Thanks to Jason Mackey from the uh, Post-Gazette for talking to us. That was nice to get a little penguins in there today, right? It was. Also, thanks to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Tomorrow's show, Packed House. Uh, Jeff Conkle Mr. Wednesday will be in in the 6 o'clock hour. Kia Tomlin, Coach Tomlin's wife, has a new Steelers tailgate-themed store. So we'll talk with nice. Kia Tomlin. Also, our friend Tim Wilson it will be in. Well, from uh, Music for MS. They've got a great lineup for, for this year's uh, all-day music festival. And Double M, Mark Madden, who already burst through the door once today <laughs> and will probably do it in the next five minutes. He's so pissed off and fired up about, well, everything. If it no. If it <laughs> no. It has a little bit you of gotta a... Play, you gotta play it a couple it times. It has a little bit of the Jiminy Glick in it. If it no. No. If it no. 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 If it no. <laughs> all right. I'm going to be saying that all day. <laughs> you, it, the no. two of you say it all morning now. You guys are just like. If it no. If it no. Don't forget our friend Jimmy Schubert will be in studio this week. He'll be performing live at the Arcade Comedy Theater Friday night. Tickets available at the Arcade Comedy Theater box office. Finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants, Ronald? Ah! Mm -hmm.